warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 334. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, I don't have my jingles up. I'm pulling them up right now, Jake. I am so fucked up this week. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing okay. It's been a wild week. We, we can stall until we get to these jingles, huh? Yeah, I'm not playing one right now. I'm just pulling them up. Very professional. Yeah. Now I'm pulling up the iTunes reviews. <laughs> hey we got hey we got neil hey good to be back yeah Glad to talk to you guys again how you been i've been okay you know the ups and downs this whole thing is definitely weird so just dealing with it the best as i can i hear you i hear you uh we're also we're also not alone every once in a while every once in a great while uh, I like to bring in a guest that we have uh, zero pre-established chemistry with and see how it goes. Uh, you know, what could go wrong, Jake? Yeah, nothing ever goes wrong. Nothing, it's, it always, <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It, it, it always runs smoothly. It's never uh, uh, a disaster. But uh, this week we've got uh, Willie Lasante. Willie Lasante, welcome. What's going on? Yeah, we're recording a podcast, man. Oh, that's awesome! Oh man, the banter on this episode is just off the charts. I'm telling you, it's oh yeah, yeah. I don't. No, I'm fucked. I see. Then I then I think I make the I I make the new guest nervous because I'm I'm slightly a dick. So then the new the new slightly, and so then the new guest doesn't know. Like like oh no oh no everything no it okay. Nothing's- no, I'm, I'm used to that. It's okay. It really is. Okay. All right. You've listened. You've listened to it. You've listened to the show before, so you kind of know. The, yeah. The no, deal. that and life experiences too. Like, I, as far as like people being dicks, it's fine. I'm cool. I, all right. Okay. I just think that, like, I think if you can podcast with Jake and I, I, this is like going through the podcasting fires. I think if you can podcast with us, you can podcast with anybody. Don't you agree, Jake? 
Yeah, I agree. It's first us then Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think no, he, I freaking love you guys, dude. It's the, it's the bantering and the back and forth that makes this such a great freaking show. Are you kidding? I don't listen to anybody else for four to five hours. Are you nuts? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but nobody was. nobody else records for four or five hours. We're the only no, but I don't listen to half their shit. It's fine. <laughs> We're the only fucking idiots that go against the grain and do it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, Jake, how? Okay, we know that your your that your cat was uh, was going through some health issues. Give us give the listeners an update. Yeah, my my cat Maui. Um, he's a three year old boy, orange cat. Um, starting on February twenty seventh. He got blocked up where he couldn't urinate, so we had to uh, take him to the emergency ER. They had to put a catheter on him, and then we got him all healed up. He got a couple urinary tract infections after that, and then um, it just kept happening again. About a month later, he got blocked up completely again. We had to go through the whole process again, and then just last Saturday, it happened for the third time, and it was a Saturday night. It was actually right after we finished recording last week's episode. About an hour after we finished recording, we had to take him to the emergency vet ER. And in the process of putting the catheter on for this third time, they actually ripped his urethra at the uh, emergency ER. So not good. Um, they were able to save his life by using an actual syringe to empty his bladder of the urine that way until we were able to bring him to our normal vet Monday morning once they opened. Uh, they pretty much told us that the only way he was going to live was if he had a, a urethra post-op surgery where they basically give the poor guy a new penis so he has something to pee out of because his just kept getting blocked and blocked and blocked. And um, it was quite a shock to us. Uh, we just lost our other cat about three weeks before this, so it was just one cat kind of disaster after the other and really strapped for money, didn't know what we were going to do. We called the hospital we had to go to. And they told us it was going to cost anywhere from low-end $4,000 to high-end $7,500. And they wanted a third of the high-end down payment right away to even see the guy or perform the operation. And just within 24 hours after starting to go fund me, we had raised slightly over $2,000. And then with credit cards we had and a few friends we had loan us some money to help us put us over the top, we were able to get Maui's surgery and uh, he was down there in Urbana, Illinois for about three days uh, healing up. We just got him back two days ago. He, he seems to be doing better. He seems to be on the recovery. Um, everyone out there, cross your fingers. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of anxiety with the poor guy. Um, you know, I think some people may think it's crazy to pay that much money for a cat, but and he's just a three-year-old boy. He's the, he's the sweetest guy, and he's got so much more life to live. He's just so playful, and it just really hurt us to see him suffering from this over and over and over again. And it really upset me what they did to him at the ER. So, yeah, we're just glad he's back. We're glad he's recovering. It's just been a really trying week for the poor guy. Yeah. <clears throat> people can still donate, correct? Yes, people can still donate. Um, Michelle started a GoFundMe. Um, that GoFundMe has been shared on the Pop Culture Leftovers Twitter, on the Facebook. Um, if you're personal friends with me on my Facebook, it's there. Uh, it's in the Leftover Army, if you're a member of that. So it's out there. It's easy to find. I'm sure Brian can put the link in the show notes for this week as well. I will. I'll put the link in the show notes for some of the 
podcast like directories and stuff like that wherever you're listening it always sometimes the link doesn't appear so uh if somebody wants to google search this do they just type in gofundme and then yeah you know i've gosh on the spot here i have not tried to just pull it up from google it's basically been shared just from friends and people that are friends on our social media i'm kind of trying to do it right now real quick okay but i don't know how easy that's going to be um go fund me and maybe if you search the site maui which is m-a-u-i you might be able to find it that way but or just contact one of us on social media or email if you can't find the links and you'd like to donate um i would really appreciate it you know we've already got the operation and it's already paid for but we pretty much had to put every bill back that we had exhaust every credit card we had to get this done for the poor guy and yeah if you want to donate to the maui cause it would be much appreciated yeah so either they're going to do a google search and help your cat or they're going to do a google search and help somebody get out of like one of those one of those like those uh, somebody living in Maui, they buy one of those timeshares. You're going to help somebody get out of <laughs> timeshare time in Maui. So either way, yeah. you're doing something good. Yeah, e- either way, capitalism, yay, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, everybody, please help out Jake. There's, I mean, the, you know, they, I think you've basically taken care of half of the payment right now. So there's still a little bit more to go. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're lucky that they just went ahead and did the operation and let us take Maui home just yeah. without being completely done with it yet. And you're you're super lucky that we've got one of the best vet med schools in the country, if not the world, here right, you know, real close in Champaign, Illinois. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. It's very comforting taking him like the difference between our vet and that place is night and day. I mean, they have the best equipment yeah in the world and some of the best veterinarians in the united states Uh, tons of international students go to the u of i to that vet med school um i mean and what what i've done this people might think it's crazy but like if i see a hurt animal on the road um they i can actually just take that animal to uh the u of i and they'll work on them for free because like the students there need the experience so i've done that before with birds and squirrels and stuff like that so yeah, that's really cool. If I, if I live closer to it, I would think about doing the same thing. That, that's really awesome. Yeah, uh, Willie, Willie, first time on the podcast. Uh, what do you do? You don't you don't podcast. You're you're one of these YouTube guys. What do you do? Well, I don't know if I qualify as that yet. No, I uh, I brand companies online. In fact, what well, right now while uh, while Jake was talking, I was trying to do a search to see if I could pull up Jake's GoFundMe with a search term, but I couldn't find it. Um. I can help you with that later, Jake, because I, I, I do a lot of optimization with Google. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know my YouTube channel. I, mo- I do movie reviews. And uh, I'm pretty selective on who I listen to. And I'm not trying to, again, pull up the show. But, yeah, I'm pretty sarcastic and kind of, you know, a little bit on the edgy side. So that's why you guys just kind of speak to me. But um, that's more of a hobby on the side. But, uh, yeah, I love doing movie reviews, love YouTube, and I love half the stuff that you guys always talk about. Half of the stuff, right? Fair maybe enough. A little, maybe, maybe a little, maybe like sixty percent. We 60%. love. Hey, fuck! I love half of the fucking stuff we talk about. You know, well, I didn't say. I, I'm, not, I'm not kissing ass. Just like I like, I like half of the guests that we have on the podcast right now. Right, well, then you got lucky this week. What are you gonna do? I mean, <laughs> oh man! Hey guys, let's jump into some iTunes reviews. 
Let's. iTunes reviews this week. Uh, first one comes from Trehan.will, and it's titled Quarantine MVPs. MVP. Is that us? Oh, fuck, Jake. Let me read on, and we'll find out. Um, <laughs> edge of my seat. Edge of my seat. Yeah. Uh, hey, Leftovers. I have a teacher, and this quarantine has been especially tough since I don't know if my students are doing okay through it. It's been a challenge trying to stay entertained and keep my mind distracted through all of this. And you guys have been a great getaway. Your show and Rogan are the only long-form podcasts I can listen to all the way through. I thoroughly enjoy Brian and Jake's back-and-forth interactions, as well as Rebecca. Thank you for all you do, and please keep this show going for another seven years. Stay safe and keep up the excellent work, everyone. One exclamation point. Ooh, hey, whatever. I like good I, review up until that. Too. I, I know, I know. A little bit of a fuck up there, but I, <laughs> I, I enjoy the review. I enjoy the review. This is like, yeah, I, I never expected us and Rogan to be again in the same sentence. Not for me at this podcast. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. We should not even be in uh, uttered in a sentence with Rogan. He just got. You see, he just got fucking bought by Spotify. I did see that. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. You know, (laughs) Jake, what would they offer us? Like a lifetime supply of Cracker Jacks or some shit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Some, like, failing streaming service, too. Like, Jay-Z from Tidal might reach out to us, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So thank you, Trey Han Will, uh, for the uh, review. Got another one here. Jake, we got two this week, Chief. Fuck, man. I know. This is the best week we've had in months. So it's a big week for us here at Pop Culture <laughs> Leftovers with two iTunes reviews. Um, this one comes from Soda Pop 16 and it's titled Great Show. I put a lot of thought into that one. Five star. I'm fucking with you, Soda Pop. Um, it goes on to say, like a B horror movie with equal parts humor and abject horror. This show does it all. They keep me laughing and entertained as long as they don't disrespect architecture anymore because we all care about celebrities spending more on a doghouse than regular people do on their own homes. <laughs> I never thought we'd bring up that Quibi show again. <laughs> Fucking architecture. What the fuck, man? Like anything. Like Quibi's looking for anything that they could fucking throw out there for people. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, man. I love this review. I love that we're a mix of uh, humor and horror. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. not wrong. No shit. I, I would ask what architecture is, but I think I already kind of figured it out. Yeah. It's basically, it's in the title. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's fucking architecture. They did, I, I haven't watched it. I guess they did Joel McHale's dog's house in the first episode. I haven't watched it yet, Jake. I don't know. That is dude. true. I've got to cancel my Quibi. I don't want to forget because I do not want to spend any money on this, man. <laughs> oh, dude, I will scream like Darth Vader at the end of episode three if I forget to <laughs> click no and get charged seven ninety nine. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I did the ad free fucking shit. Oh no! So they're going to hit me with like eleven ninety nine or whatever. Oof! For their fucking the thirty second shows. Yeah, I made sure I canceled mine a month ago. 
Okay, <laughs> when you cancel it, do you still get to watch it until your 90 days yeah. is up? Yeah, you get to watch it for the whole trial period. Okay. Oh, God. shit, I'm literally canceling now. <laughs> Quippy's the one that you get little portions, right? Yeah, it stands for Quick Bites. I have I I have that naturally built in because I have ADHD, so I don't even need the service for that. It just I get bits and pieces whenever I watch anything. It's fine. Oh, Willie! Oh, <laughs> this is, oh man! Can we expect more of this from you? I please tell no. me yes. After that fucking silence, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, the, the sad part is I got I got a little bit crying a little bit because there, there's truth to that. And you guys still give me the silent treatment, so that's kind of bullshit. But okay, let's move on. Oh, man. I, mo- <laughs> I, <laughs> I moved on five minutes ago, brother. Uh, let's see. Here. I'm fucking with you. Um, I got an email here from Jason Grass. And uh, I asked him if I could read this on the podcast. He says, Brian, firstly, you're amazing. You and Jake have become great virtual friends ever since I started listening last July. I just signed up for Discord and wanted to join the community you set up. You can find me by my username, Grassman. Yes, Grass is my real last name. Lastly, love you guys, and I'm so happy to have discovered your podcast and the entire Leftover Army. And that comes from Jason. And I just wanted to kind of like read that email and also point out that the discord is growing every week. And I think it's a great group. I really do. Uh, unlike Facebook, which I left a long fucking time ago. I think the discord is fantastic. I love it, Jake. These people are great on the discord. I'll share the link again on, uh, uh, on, on, in the links uh, of this episode, the show notes. Uh, and then if you, if you want the discord, cause like the link changes, it just changes it. Like, uh, it's only good for like a, you know, like a few days or something like that. If you want to join, just send me an email, brian at popcultureleftovers.com. That's B-R-I-A-N, not Y, B-R-I-A-N at brian at popcultureleftovers.com. And I'll send you the, uh, the new link to get on Discord. It's an app. That's awesome. I, I don't know if I'm part of the Discord or not. I need to check that out. I, I may not even have Discord on my phone anymore. Yeah, I don't think you are. Yeah, I'll have to check I it out. That's awesome. That. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Got an idea. I got an idea for a movie, Jake, that I want to write. I want you to help me with this movie. Oh, I'm excited. Neil, I want you to be in the movie because you're a fucking actor. You'll be the, you'll be the main character. How's it sound? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know. You have no idea what the fuck it's about. It's, it's about, it's about a Bitcoin millionaire. He like, he fucking, he made all his millions off of Bitcoin. And, uh, he goes into like businesses and, uh, he, he sees the, he sees the, uh, the, the door behind the counter that says only employees permitted beyond the store. And it fucking angers him. Cause he, he want he, and so he, he fucking, he applies to the job. He gets the job, goes through orientation, go, watches all the fucking videos, goes through all the training. And then once he gets beyond that door, he just fucking quits. He takes his fucking name tag, throws it on the ground, hairnet, whatever the fuck. Then he quits just so he can get beyond that door. And it's called, the movie's called Beyond. (laughs) That's interesting. Well, hold on, hold on. This is the thing. He goes to one struggling business. One struggling business. And he forms bonds with the people that work at this bagel shop. And the bagel shop is about to go under. And what does he do? 
he still quits. I mean, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a fucking, I think it's going to be a hit. I think it's going to be a hit, man. Yeah, a little spoilerific though, right here on the podcast. I know. It's, it's, not, even... it's not a real project. I just made it all up. It's bullshit. The whole thing is just bullshit. <laughs> Oh man, you lost me at Bitcoin. If I'm going to be completely honest, I don't. I don't know anything about. I don't. I just know that like, it's the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about Bitcoin, really. Mm. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Just kind of a kind of a snooze. I feel like Bitcoin is a bit of a failure at this point, right? I don't know. I have no idea. That's that's why I wrote a shitty movie, Jake. <laughs> Just a little bit of updating. I see why you asked me to help write. All right. We'll fix this. There's there's something here. All right. Awkward (laughs) silence here, but okay. Then we'll move on. Hey, let's talk about, let's talk about the big news this week. I don't want to bury the lead. I hate that shit. So we're not going to bury the lead. We're just going to jump right into the Snyder Cut, guys. This is happening. And it's the biggest news of the week. Probably might even be the biggest news of the year. The news came from, I don't know who it originally came from, but I got the article here from Vanity Fair, and it says the Snyder Cut of Justice League is coming to HBO Max in 2021. The cries of hashtag release the Snyder Cut have finally been answered. On Wednesday, HBO Max announced that Zack Snyder's long-discussed and debated director's cut of Justice League will debut on the platform in 2021. A press release from Warner Media hit inboxes shortly after Snyder revealed the news during a viewing party for his film Man of Steel. And I guess Henry Cavill was on there too. And what's weird about that is like Henry Cavill is like not like it was Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, like those were, and Jason Momoa were like the three, you know, big kind of proponents of, uh, you know, making this Snyder cut kind of happen. Uh, they were, they were, you know, sending out the hashtag release the Snyder cut. Henry Cavill did not, which was odd. I don't know. And I think maybe it comes down to like, him still not knowing what his status is with being Superman. What do you think, Jane? I think that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it is weird that he would be the one kind of rewarded with being there, you know, with Zack Snyder to make this announcement. But I guess it's just because he was part of Man of Steel so much. Mm-hmm. And that's the movie they were live streaming at the time. I, I think it's just more of a coincidence that it ended up being him instead of the three stars that were way more social media active about trying to advertise and get this to happen. Yeah. Uh, in a statement, Snyder said, I, w- I want to thank HBO Max and Warner Brothers for this brave gesture of supporting artists and allowing their true visions to be realized. Also, a special thank you to all those involved in the Snyder Cut movement for making this a reality. Uh, added Warner Media Entertainment Chair Robert, uh, Robert Greenblatt. Since I got here 14 months ago, the chant hashtag release the Snyder Cut has been a daily drumbeat in our offices and inboxes. Well, the fans have asked and we are thrilled to finally deliver at the end of the day. It really is all about them and we are beyond excited to be able to release Zach's ultimate vision for this film in 2021. This could never have happened if it weren't for the hard work and combined efforts of the teams at HBO Max and Warner Brothers Pictures. Uh, so, um, I mean, what we got was basically, I guess, like this Frankenstein kind of, uh, 
uh, movie where it was uh, uh, a lot of uh, reshoots uh, and uh, 20% of the movie was was finished by Josh, uh, Josh Whedon. And then we've got uh, other, you know, uh, the majority, I guess, was Zack Snyder's stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was kind of like Warner Brothers working with Josh Whedon to put this all together. And um, I mean, this 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 release, the Snyder Cut thing was huge. It was uh, fans got on change.org. There was a petition that had over one hundred and seventy five thousand signatures. And I mean, once it really hit the Internet, like there was like on Reddit, there was like we're gonna like we're gonna make the we're gonna make the hashtag release Snyder Cut trend on this certain day. Like they had planned this, and um, Snyder he spoke to the Hollywood Reporter before the news of the Snyder Cut was blasted out into the universe. The effort from his cast and fervent supporters led to the current moment. The director told the Trade Magazine that the morning after Affleck and Godot helped hashtag release the Snyder Cut trend worldwide. Toby Emmerich. Chairman of Warner Brothers Pictures called Snyder to discuss making the project a reality. And this is what Snyder said to the Hollywood Reporter. And we're gonna, this is gonna be a lot of what we're gonna be talking about here. He said, it will be an entirely new thing. And, especially talking to those who have seen the released movie, a new experience apart from that movie. And so, uh, this article goes on to say he's not kidding. While the theatrical cut of Justice League clocked in at 120 minutes with credits, the Snyder cut is at least four hours long, according oh, to the shit. Hollywood Reporter. Oh, and could even arrive in HBO Max in six individual chapters rather than as one standalone feature. Um, this is kind of been confirmed i i I'll, I'll bring it up now but i'm hearing that they need anywhere from 20 to 30 million dollars to finish this and that they're going to get actors that will voice new lines for this um i want to talk about a lot about like how this is going to be a new movie a new experience from the apart from that movie but in order to do that i've got to go back and talk about what the original vision was and Kevin Smith, a year ago in January, confirmed on uh, Fat Man Beyond, his podcast, that in the Snyder Cut, Green Lantern shows up in the original Snyder Cut. When we got that first trailer and we saw Alfred and he says, uh, he said you'd come, now let's hope it's not too late. A lot of people were thinking it was Superman, but if you looked at his glasses, you saw this green light reflecting off his glasses. So people were thinking, oh, it's, it, it could be Green Lantern. And that's what Kevin Smith confirmed that it was Green Lantern. He, he couldn't confirm whether it was Hal Jordan or John Stewart or I don't know, any number of Green Lanterns. But here's what, here's what, here's the bullet points that Kevin Smith talked about on his podcast. He said that Zack Snyder had three Justice League films fully planned out, including storyboards done by Jim Lee. Here are the key points that he shared. Uh, the first film is very close to what we saw in theaters. However, a Green Lantern did show up, and the film closed with the revelation that Darkseid is out there and he knows about Earth. 
The second film would be a cosmic battle on Apocalypse, and the Justice League would lose. The second film would have ended with Darkseid laying waste to an unprotected Earth. The apocalyptic vision Batman had in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, would be of, uh, would be that of a scorched Earth under Darkseid's emerging conquest. The third film would be the Justice League's battle to save the Earth from Darkseid. So, with this, okay, hold on. Um, with this being a new movie, is he just? How do you start this over from scratch? With the rumors that they're not going to be filming anything new, which I don't think I believe. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I don't believe it either. I, I think. Th- I'm sorry. I was going to say, for one thing, I, we know the Superman stuff was drastic reshoots. Like the majority of stuff that Whedon filled in was a lot of the stuff with Cavill and Superman. And I feel like if we're getting the Snyder cut, that whole storyline is going to be different. A, a lot of. What? Yeah, the whole story. I think I think a lot's going to change here. Is it going to be this original kind of like what Kevin Smith's talking about? Is that what the, is that what we're going to get here? Is that what we're going to get? And I'll talk about. I mean, I want to. We'll definitely be talking about Dark Side. Um, but like, I felt honestly, I felt like it was a trilogy. I thought the first part of the trilogy was. Batman v Superman, and then we're, we're going to get two Justice League movies. I didn't. This this sounds like this sounds like we were going to get three Justice League movies, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. I think like the trilogy planned was Batman v Superman, the Justice League, and the Justice League Two being kind of like the end game of all of this. But again, I don't know. I, I would hope not because I grew up with Justice League as a kid. The, the Saturday morning cartoons, that was like church to me. And my dream was always to see Justice League versus Legion of Doom in a real live movie. This thing has been a clusterfuck since the beginning with them rushing to do an Avengers setup w- without even building any characters. And I think this whole, I'll be honest with you, I, I still don't i still don't believe about the Snyder Cut. It's like it, it's got to be being made right now. Because it was it was talked about as such a conspiracy theory with nobody ever saying anything. Now suddenly they're going to have four hours of it. No, I mean, you're right. They're going to have to reshoot. They're going to have to build this all over again. There's a lot of stuff that's been released, though. If you follow him on Vero, he has dropped so many pictures from his Snyder Cut. There was, uh, I think there's... Now, what is it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but like Wonder Woman cuts the head off a Steppenwolf and then sends it through a boom tube to Darkseid and it lands at Darkseid's feet in his original cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and you get, I believe you get to see Darkseid. So, I mean, there has been stuff that, and, he, and they're saying he has four hours worth of stuff. It's just. It's easy to believe too, looking at what happened with, um, Batman v Superman, right? I mean, Look at all the stuff that went to the cutting room floor between the theatrical and director's cut of that. So you know that Snyder's got an extraneous amount of extra footage that he's sitting on for this movie. Yeah, but like... That's just kind of his style. I think like, okay, I think like if he did film it, he did film it as like part one or part two of like this trilogy. If we're to believe that Batman v Superman was part one, then let's say that this is part two, what we have here. And there will never be a part three. But now with this news, could he just be rolling the whole story into this? So, like, 
that's what I want. Get, I, I, I just don't understand why they waited this long. And I, I, I agree with you. Now, of course they have enough footage. But why would they wait this long? We've now gone from all this dim where people were complaining and now all of a sudden people want the Snyder Cut. They were complaining about how dim it was and how Superman never smiled and how out of character it always was. And then now we have Aquaman. We have Wonder Woman standalones. We have Joker, Shazam. And it's like people have almost mentally moved past Justice League where maybe they could just rebuild it again. Nobody's moved. Like the fans have not moved past his – They've been so supportive of Zack Snyder's vision. They haven't moved past that. And like, I think at this point, like, they're, like, Warner Brothers is crunching the numbers and they're also trying to sell this new HBO Max streaming service. Like, I think that this is a big, this is a big deal for them. This is going to sell subscriptions. Yeah, I agree. They were, they had like actual advertisements on their social media within an hour of them making this announcement. I know there's fans that 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 are going to want it. I would love to see another Justice League movie. I'm definitely not saying that, but I'm saying now you have Shazam in the universe. Now you have a new Batman, and even though it's not going to be connected, uh, Ben Affleck's gone, isn't he? So unless they bring him back, oh, I, and it's, he it's, it, is uh, is Flash going to be the same person, or, or did they uh, get rid of him? I mean, these are questions that we're, I, I don't have the answer to. Like they have, Warner Brothers has not made a statement on Ezra Miller. So as, as of right now, Ezra Miller is still Flash. He, you know, so they have not made a statement. Like they haven't even made a statement on Amber Heard yet as Mira. So, yep. I no. mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is just like I think. I think you kind of talked about it a little bit, Brian. But I, I think that they kind of have to put this out there if they want to move forward. There. The fandom has not died down about wanting to see this. They don't want that constant bitter taste in certain fans' mouths as they release new DC products like the new Batman movie coming out, you know, like other stuff coming out. And I think maybe they see this as a bit of a cleansing. It's like, fine. It's only going to cost 20 to $30 million. It's going to create a lot of buzz, a lot of hype for this new Warner Brothers streaming service. Let's just get it out there, you know, whether it's – I don't think they mean it to be – the next jump off point for the next movies at all. I think it will be viewed as what could have been like an alternate reality. That's beautiful. That's perfect. What my concern was, was it going to be like a jump off point when now you're going to have all these different timelines and all these different characters and it was going to become a little bit of a mess. No, I mean, they're they're already doing standalone films with, it feels like everything that they're doing is a standalone film. This just feels like they're giving the fans what they want and they're wrapping it up. But like, what door does this open to where it could like, look, look what we've had, look what we've had already. Like uh, in 2019, we had fans, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do. We had fans bitching about the Sonic design and they changed it. They changed it. And I think it, I think it was for the better. I think it was for the better. I think like, Absolutely. I, I think the movie did well and I think people enjoyed it. And I think a lot of that was because of the character design. If you can't get that fucking, uh, whatever the fuck, that weird alien looking furball out of your mind while you're watching the movie, you're not going to enjoy it. You want Sonic to look like Sonic. So Sonic looked like Sonic and the movie succeeded. But now, even though they're getting the fucking Snyder cut, now if you go to DCEU leaks and you go to these Reddit, these subreddits, they're already planning like, when are we going to, like, when are we going to start making, uh, uh, tweets about releasing the air cut of Suicide Squad? Like it's, they're already planning this stuff. They're already playing, like, people on the boards are already playing, like, when do we start, hashtag release the air cut of Suicide Squad? 
Hmm. And so, like, when when do we when does Warner Brothers like say no? We're no no more. You're getting you're getting <laughs> you're getting your Snyder cut. No more. We're not. We're well, not. I mean, you are opening Pandora's box with this, or they are. Because you, you're going to start getting those 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 discussions, but if they don't have it, they don't have it, and that's fine. Well, there there was a lot of stuff we've seen stuff that wasn't released in the final version of the air cut of Suicide Squad. We saw uh, a lot of stuff uh, behind all, the scenes the pictures. Were full of it. Well, it, yeah. well, the fights between Harley and the Joker and stuff like that, and him slapping her and stuff like that. There was like a lot of videos being taken and and a lot of pictures that were released online. So like, when are we going to get like when are they going to start? Because I don't think this is going to go away. I don't know what's going to happen uh, with that kind of stuff going forward. I think there will be a new movement. And so I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this four hour cut, whatever they're adding into it, whatever the story is, I hope it's just a finality of Snyder's Snyderverse. I hope it's the finality. I hope it's like, but like, how do you, how do you do that with Dark Side? How do you like? Are the is this movie going to enter? I Jake, is it is Dark Side in this film? Are they gonna? Hundred percent, hundred percent. He's in this film. It's, I think best case scenario for Snyder and the Snyderverse and fans of that is that if this is a massive hit that gets a lot of subscriptions to HBO Max, then just make a series on HBO Max to continue the Snyderverse for everyone. Right? You can continue the lore there, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but are you going to be able, if you're doing the series, how, how much recasting are you going to have to do with some of the bigger actors? Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, money talks and bullshit walks. And who knows what kind of, like, a movie theater atmosphere is going to be happening in the next two years anyway. And maybe Not the place true. to be is going to be on streaming services and television. And I think as far as, like, further movements go... I have a like I agree that people are going to try to make them happen, but nothing is going to gain as much steam as this did just because of Zack Snyder's name and how loyal his fans are and just kind of what a great is no matter what I feel about Zack Snyder, he's a great ambassador to fans of the comic books. So he's those people just really fell in love with him, you know. He was a big Comic-Con hero and Yeah, absolutely. Well, get, he knows get, his shit. Regardless of how he chooses to adapt adapt it, he's obviously a fan and a lover of the source material. And I think fans have really latched onto that. I don't think release the David Ayer Suicide Squad cut <laughs> has as much juice to it because David Ayer doesn't really have the goodwill amongst fandom that Zack Snyder himself has created with just his own bombastic personality. Back to like getting actors to come back and do this stuff. I mean, look at like the biggest ambassadors of this, uh, Gal Gadot retweeting, making videos, Jason Momoa. I mean, even Henry Cavill is like, he's done Witcher. He's done TV. And, you know, I mean, uh, Ben Affleck even came out with a video. If you guys watched that video recently, uh, at, uh, Kevin Smith posted it and he was thanking the fans for like, you know, them, you know, you know, doing the retweeting and all this stuff and like, you know, the Snyder cuts happening and blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. I think if anybody gets recasted, it's probably, gonna be, it's probably going to be Ezra Miller. I don't think they're going to have any problem. <laughs> they're going to have zero problem getting Ray Fisher to come back as Cyborg. What's that guy doing? No, absolutely nothing. Neil, yeah. what Neil, what are your thoughts on all this stuff, man? I haven't heard from you. <laughs> yeah, um well, I am, I hated the Justice League movie as it was. I thought it was a piece of shit. So basically any other version of it, I 
uh, couldn't get any worse. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it could be interesting if they do you do it as a finale. Um, I think that would be the better option is to kind of just close this whole mess off and, and end the Snyderverse and transition to what we're doing with the other movies now. Um, and I do think that uh, Apocalypse will show up and Darkseid will show up, um, but I don't. I don't know if they're going to make it like a, a finale for the, for the character, but maybe just for the version of what we've been seeing so far already. Um, I mean, I have to give it to the fans. I mean, like Philip has been a huge proponent of of release the Snyder Cut. I mean, I remember walking around C two E two with the the sign in the black Superman suit. So, I mean, I I could I could definitely be interested in, in watching this version, mm-hmm. but. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't think that they should continue this universe after the Snyder Cut is oh, out. No, no, and that, that's like one, that's my big thing here is like if they're saying that there's a Snyder Cut, his I think his original vision ended with the tease of you know Dark Side, and so if they're going to do this, if this is going to be it, and they're going to they're going to make this, they have to end it. Like he can't just leave it on a cliffhanger and hope that Warner Brothers is going to, you know, make another throw some more money at him and make something else or that Warner Brothers is going to be like, OK, the final the finale to this is going to be an animated feature where the actors come back and they voice the characters and it's all animated. Um, it, it is confirmed that Darkseid will appear in the finished version of the movie. And recently on Twitter, uh, the actor that played him. Ray Porter at Ray underscore uh, Porter. He goes on to say that said, and because I've been given permission, hi, I'm Ray. I played dark side in Zack Snyder's <laughs> justice league there. It's out now. <laughs> so it's awesome. I mean, Zack says it's an entirely new thing. Uh, it's going to take $20 million plus, And it, it's, they don't know how much, Altogether, there's been different um, news outlets saying it's going to be anywhere from like twenty to thirty million dollars, and but it's going to be a completely new experience, a new thing, according to Zack Snyder, which makes me think I don't know, Jake, twenty to thirty million to like to finish everything that that he started and and to and and to I don't know if he's if. Because I don't think that they filmed anything other than what they originally done with Darkseid. And if they're going to finish this and have Darkseid in it, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have this actor come back. You've got to shoot all new stuff. You've got, I don't know. This just, this is really kind of confu- confusing. I, <laughs> I, I was shocked by those estimates as well, Brian, because I, I saw basically anywhere from 20 to 30 million on a few different sites that mm-hmm. I read too. Yeah. And yeah, that just seems like, He's just undershooting how much it's going to cost just to get them to greenlight this thing and, you know, fuck up and ask for forgiveness after the fact. But then again, totally like, committed in. but then again, he said, like, they filmed so much. He said, you, he, he said, quote, you probably saw one fourth of what I did. Hmm. So, like, what else did he shoot and what else do they need to you? I know the 20 to 30 million is probably like if 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 he's if they're just going to give us what he shot. Then that twenty to thirty million dollars 
is going to go to finishing the special effects. Special effects. It's going to have. It's going to. You know, they're going to have the 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 actors come back and voice things for this. But I I don't know I I part of me just thinks like. Oh, man, I, part of me thinks that uh, they still got to they've they've still got to shoot some stuff. I I don't know. This is crazy. I don't, it's hard. like I said, knowing how BVS went, there's probably a shit ton of footage on the cutting room floor, like much more than any normal director would have for a movie. Like I believe it when he's got 90 minutes of fucking footage that didn't even get put into the movie. Yeah, That's but exactly like, like Zack Snyder. Is this going to be the okay? Is this going to be the finality to his vision, or is this just going to be like the end of like part two in a three story arc? It's going to be the end of part two in a three story arc, I think. <laughs> Unless Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers themselves demand Zack Snyder write this to have finality, I don't think he will. But he's already he's already gone on to say like thank you Warner Brothers for being the 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 director's studio and like letting him do his thing. It just it just seems odd to me that he would just leave this kind of like on a cliffhanger. Well, it's it's going to have to be on a cliffhanger because if, if, if they're just using the footage that they already filmed, but that, that, have to I don't believe it with a finality. That I, means Doomsday is going to have to get, or I'm sorry, Darkseid is going to have to get the Doomsday treatment of like a five minute ending. So there's got to, yeah, there's got it's the end of part two to a part three. I, it just, it just, it, it just when he says stuff like this is a whole new movie, it's a whole new movie. It makes me think like, okay, I guess all the stuff that you filmed makes it all. You can either think to yourself, all the stuff that he filmed makes it a whole new movie, or you can think to yourself like, they've got to do. They're, they're, he is, he is going to give us his original story, and he's going to finish this, and they're going to be filming all this new stuff. I just can't see Zack Snyder not picking up a camera. I feel like that would cost fifty to eighty million. I, I, I'm not <laughs> arguing that. <laughs> It's the twenty to thirty million that makes me think all this footage is in the can, and he just needs the money to record additional ADR dialogue to finish effects in these scenes that never got actually put into the movie to you know pay for the re-editing process. And I feel like Zack Snyder's vision for this movie wasn't for it to be a one and done. Like we know that for a fact. So if it's his original vision, then he envisioned this being a giant franchise and there being a sequel after this. And I think. This will show that that's what he originally. Well, that's wanted. the impression that he was he was given by Warner Brothers is that he was going to do like a, a trilogy of films and it would be his Snyderverse. And I, part of I mean I'm just part of me believes 100 percent what you're saying. Like it, they're going to use what he filmed. They're going to add special effects because all the pictures that he's shown have been black and white. So they're going to have to they're going to have to do a lot of, you know, coloring and colorization and stuff like that. They're going to have to add special effects. Um and then even Joe Manganiello recently teased that the movie is going to include the original end credit scene, which will show off more deathstroke. So like if there's an end credit scene that, you know, it makes me think that they're which I, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, what are you setting up at this point? Stop. Just stop, <laughs> stop setting stuff up. Just stop. I, but I, that's, that's my fear here is like, this will just be like the middle part of the story. And then 
we're, we we won't get an ending to the Snyder Cut, and then fans are just going to go fucking crazy again. Your fear is correct. Well, I, we don't know that, though, on the flip it, side. It, 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 between what you're saying and between what Jake is saying, it's true. There's no way with 20 to $30 million you're going to have enough to do a, a finality to what he was filming unless he wanted to do a movie and shot a movie that had 75% Steppenwolf and 25% Dark Side. When he's saying it's a new story, like he could I, – I guess like he could change everything to kind of like give us – uh, a proper ending or something like that. I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know what we're going to get. Neil, what, Neil, what are your thoughts on everything? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're going to get either. Um, I mean, and, and the, the money thing is a really, really good point because it, it, it's, that's basically just going to be finishing the special effects, which weren't very good to begin with. Um, so maybe it's going to have to redo some of that stuff. Um, but I get what you're, what you're all are saying about Zack Snyder's vision. Um, not being completed and all that stuff. But I just can't see the studio wanting to make more of this this universe um, with him at the helm because it seems like everybody else has already moved past it um, as far as the, the, the power people. And this is just almost like a, a, a they're throwing him a bone basically because of all the money that he made them in the past. Yeah, I mean, the movie didn't do great in the box office. It, you know, it, $300 million budget and it made, what was it, $657 million? So. Yeah, but BBS yeah, kind of and, and, BBS and uh, Man of Steel both made a bunch of money. Um, so there is, you know, maybe some loyalty to him over those money makers, but yeah, Justice League was so bad. Yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where it feels like four hours. It feels like, it, it feels like I would want him to just make this the finality. Somehow make it the finality of the whole universe. Oh, is that what I want? A hundred percent. I agree with you there. I, I, I agree with like what Neil said. If it's not the finality, it's just going to make fans just wrap it all over again. Like, do I want this? Do I want him just to spend this money and actually have a conclusion, and then that's the end of the Snyderverse? Fuck yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> think what they think what they've done. Think what they've done though. Like they like the fans have single handedly with the you know, support of like Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa and Ben Affleck and, and Snyder himself. They they're making this happen. Like they are making this happen, which is which is crazy. Like. The, remember the outcry from fans wanting, you know, Guillermo del Toro to finish the Hellboy franchise? Like, mm-hmm. did, did that happen? No, we got the fucking David Harbour thing, which was a travesty. It was terrible. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I think David Harbour's a great guy. I love him. I, I love him on social media. I love how he interacts with fans. I think he's fantastic, but I'm not going to sit here and fucking bullshit you and tell you that that movie was good. It was, in my opinion, it was absolutely terrible and the trailers were amazing it was just like it, it was just like this like this huge trick that they played on us give us this <laughs> r-rated fucking hellboy movie that just turned out to be just absolutely terrible and and but the fans even the fans ron perlman tried to get the fans a rally to get you know guillermo de toro's you know hellboy 3 made and it just didn't happen so like this is kind of like unprecedented and i know you can say like oh well, they already filmed most of it blah 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 but it's still a, a big fucking deal so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, the Hellboy thing. It almost seems like Mandela effect, and that didn't even actually happen. It was so, <laughs> such a giant, colossal bomb. Oh, my God. Uh, Neil, did you see that new Hellboy? I did not. I After hearing you talk about it, I was like, nope, I don't need to see oh, this. Oh, God, it was so, <laughs> so not good. Willie, did you see it? Uh, about five minutes of it. Mm. <laughs> the Quibi version. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably could. That's when Quibi's good. No, I saw five minutes, and then I, I just see I threw in the towel. I, I, I let me just say this: I am thrilled that we are getting the Snyder cut. I'm still a Zack Snyder fan. I can't wait to see uh, what uh, he does with his uh, uh, zombie film coming out on uh, Netflix. Can't wait to see that. Once he's done with that, I think that's when he's going to start kind of like moving forward on this. And this comes out. What is it? October. 2021 on HBO Max? Yes, yes, it's 2021. And it looks like, oh, I also want to throw this out there. If you have a Roku device, which I do, Roku, Roku and Warner Media are uh, trying to put a deal out there to get HBO Max on Roku before it launches on May 27th. So they fucking better because I don't want to be, I don't want to be sitting watching HBO Max on my fucking PC. I want to watch it on my goddamn TV. I didn't know the date until you just said it, Jake. Um, I'm sorry, Brian. Um, do you think that date gives us an, a clue about how much they have to do with it or how little they have to do? In other words, are they going to do any any new footage? I, I, Is it just the editing room? Because that, that's a pretty far date. Well, he's got to fi- he's got to finish his Netflix movie. Like that got kind of stalled. Okay. He's doing a zombie film. Like what is it? Day of the Dead or whatever the fuck? I can't remember. Is it Dawn of the like Dead? Like that. He already did Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, he did Dawn of the Dead. That's why I thought Dawn of the Dead again. Um, but, no, okay, yeah. Thank you, Willie. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, I, I am happy that we're getting the Snyder Cut, though. I really Army am. of the Dead. Army of the Army Dead. Of the Thank dead. you. Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm excited to see it, too. I mean, I, I'll be interested to see what format they finally choose, because, like, we've, in the articles, they've said potentially just one really long ass movie potentially kind of a mini series type thing um i'm really be interested to see what they choose knowing Zack snyder it'll just be one really long ass movie uh yeah well i i keep hearing like they could break it down into six mini episodes and leave each episode on a on a, like a cliffhanger is what I've been hearing, but but that's not confirmed. It's not confirmed, and like yeah, and if they do it like that, that's kind of a test format for if they decide to make more. Well, yeah, and then and then also like that's one of those things where HBO Max is going to be getting the subscriptions to where people can't just sign on for the free month or the free week and binge it all. You know, if they want to watch it week to week, they're going to have to stick it out for six weeks. Mm, that makes sense. You make it longer than a month, and people have to at least pay for a month. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. So they'll be getting their 15 bucks. Um, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, any final thoughts on the Snyder Cut? That's really all I have. <clears throat> Not really, other than, yeah, I mean, as much as I've pissed and moaned about Zack Snyder and the Snyderverse on this podcast, I'm still very excited to see this and i'll definitely be watching it the first day it's available i got one i got one more thing i got one more thing okay if if we're going with the original vision but he's saying it's a new story i don't know but like green lantern they they teased green lantern kevin smith's confirmed that he has heard that it was green lantern 
if they're going to go with, are they going with the original version, uh, vision? Or are they just taking out Green Lantern altogether? Because they haven't cast the Green Lantern. If they did the original vision of Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut, then they're going to have to cast like a Hal Jordan or a Jon Stewart or a Kyle Rayner or or, or, or I can't imagine Alfred. I think he'll cut this. I, I think they'll cut this. I, I think Warner Brothers, it'll be a directive that they don't want the Green Lantern stuff in there. They're like doing the dark side stuff. They're doing an HBO Max series, the Green Lantern Corps. So, like, could they use the actor that they're going to get in that to throw? I, I'm not. I'm just throwing this out there hypothetically. Could they get the actor that they're going to get? You know, and it's been rumored that it's a Green Lantern Corps, and we could get Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Um, could they get one of the guys that's going to be playing? You know, one of those characters to be the Green Lantern in this version, but that would inc- that would also involve them shooting all new stuff with this Green Lantern. That would also that would change yeah. the story too, because that was just a big tease. You know, going for you know the the second Justice League movie that like that's when they're going to introduce the the Green Lantern. So, Jake, I, I, I got I guess I'm kind of with you that they would have to cut that stuff. So. I don't know. I think it's too important. They haven't really had a theatrical Green Lantern since the flop. And I think Warner Brothers kind of wants to curate when we see the next Green Lantern and make sure that's really cool. That, I think they're, they're doing that with an HBO Max series, but you're talking about theatrically. Well, I, not theatrically, but as a live action character. Mm-hmm. I think they want to take careful care on how they reintroduce Green Lantern again the next time we see him in any kind of live action adaptation. Um, I also think they wouldn't want to include that because I don't think they're going to advertise this movie as canon. I think they're, they're going to be very upfront that this is a what could have been version. I think Justice like League. the official, well, like the unofficial official title right now is like Zack Snyder's Justice League. Is what yeah. they're calling it. So it's not, you know what I mean. So it's basically, it's just a director's cut of the movie. So it's that's what it's titled on uh, IMDb. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I, th- I don't think like they. But what what if this what if this fucking explodes? Like what if this fucking explodes? <laughs> like at that point, like what, what do they do? What do they do? Do they do, do a new TV a new a new TV series? Yeah. yeah, HBO Max exclusive Snyderverse shows. I think the kind of future writes itself that this is a gigantic hit. So they're gonna they're gonna be dropping the money. They're gonna be dropping like they're gonna be dropping big money on a, on a series at that point. Like to make it look like the movies, they gotta drop they gotta drop millions. I mean, you're talking like maybe Mandalorian. I was getting ready to bring up. The Mandalorian. I think yeah. it's kind of set a standard. And if this is a big enough hit, I think Warner Brothers is a studio that would be. I mean, what else does Warner Brothers have in the basket right now? Uh, really I mean, not much. They're looking okay. at. I mean, they're looking at Game of Thrones spinoffs. I mean, other than that, you know what I mean. But if you look, at, if you look at it too, they twenty thirty dollars. That's a test run to just show the the Snyder Justice League. That does good. They do a season or two and do a lot of build up with even new characters with Zack Snyder's Justice League TV series. Yeah. Or series. Yeah. Every, every once in a while they do enough build up. Now let's release a Zack Snyder Justice League two or Justice League three. Then it could be separate from whatever DC's doing with their own thing. 
I mean, together, yeah. but still separate. Two different. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like what you guys are saying. I think, like, like we could have a series called. It could just be called Zack Snyder's Justice League, the series, mm-hmm. and it could just be, you know, kind of like. I I kind of like what you're saying. I kind I just don't. At this point, it's like. I honestly think HBO, Warner Brothers is just like whatever, fucking confuse the fans. We don't even give a shit at this point. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like the idea of like a Snyderverse hour, like a weekly show where it doesn't necessarily even have to be like Justice League continued, Justice League continued. Like I'd love to see a show where we can just see Zack Snyder's visions of anything going on in the DC universe. Like almost like an anthology show of just Zack Snyder's vision of different DC properties. Mm-hmm. Like, like just contain his bullshit on HBO max. That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Oh my God. Yeah. Just like give him just different anthology stuff. Kind of like uh, if he wants to do basically like Zack Snyder's Elseworld, you know, like D- Zack Snyder's DC Elseworlds and you could just I, let him yeah. run wild. I envision it kind of like Clone Wars does, like the animated show, where it, it's all the same timeline, but it just bounces around and does different stories with different characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can revisit the Justice League, Justice League characters again, but it doesn't have to be a whole season of those guys. So you're not paying the big name actors to be in uh, they 12 could get, to 20 episodes. Easily, they could get Ray Fisher to like... <laughs> do a show. I said the big name actor. I know. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm pointing out the obvious. You know what I mean. I'm pointing yeah, out the yeah. obvious. I mean, they could easily. I think. I, th- I think. I. I think. I saw Ray Fisher on Fiverr. You could get him to fucking record a message for you. So I'm kidding about that. But like, I, I feel like Zack Snyder would be totally up for this game too. I, I think one of his biggest regrets of making these movies is kind of the studio interference and just the the franchise building that he had to do. Like we we know Man of Steel wasn't envisioned as that stepping stone. And I think it kind of diluted the product when he like had these goals that he had to meet at the end of each movie after that. And I think just giving him free reign on a weekly HBO Max series would be something he'd be very game for. We know he's a giant fan of these properties, and we're just going to yeah. say go for it. Make the show and do what you want with the characters because at the end of the day, now it won't matter to the big blockbuster movies we're also trying to make next to it. Well, this is all contingent on how it performs and like the subscriptions yes. and all that stuff on HBO Max. I mean, money talks. Money fucking talks in this business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If this is as big of a hit as The Mandalorian was, especially if they do it in like a six week limited series format, then I think we'll definitely see more. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Neil, it, it, it sounds like you don't want more. Uh, I, I guess it would be kind of cool to see it, it, um, him just do whatever the fuck he wants to do for a little while. Uh, I'm not super interested in it, but it, I mean, it could be something, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, man, it's more content than fucking DC Universe is putting out right now. You know what That's I mean? Very true. <laughs> All right, guys. Snyder Cut. It's coming out October 2021. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, more news will come out soon. I'm sure Zack Snyder is going to be very vocal about it on Vero, and I think he's back on Twitter. Everybody. So, you know what? Honestly, tweet him. He's very interactive. Um, Tweet him. I mean, there are there are people that tweet him questions all the time. If you tweet him enough, he'll get back to you. I promise you. It's crazy. It's like uh, him. He was only on Vero for the longest time, and then I think he recently came back to Twitter. So, 
But, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. And that's just like what I was saying. He has so much goodwill among his fans, mm-hmm. just the way he treats them on social media. Oh, dude, that, there, nobody gets a fucking San Diego Comic crowd as pumped as Zack Snyder. I, I, I guess, okay, yeah, the MCU does. Kevin Feige coming on as the show. Yeah, but Zack Snyder also, like those fucking fans go fucking rabbit over Zack Snyder, and he's got an infectious kind of like energy to him. He's just, I, I, I love the guy. I love the guy. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. I haven't loved everything that he's done, but I like the guy. I like the dude. I like the person. So yeah, I'm yeah, happy. I like about the this. guy more than I like the movies. That's for sure. I don't, I don't hate the man Zack Snyder. Oh, he's like I, a real class act. I still, I still fucking love Man of Steel. Still fucking love it. Jake, <laughs> Jake is waiting for the day where I hate Man of Steel and that day has not yet come, sir. No, yeah, I've, I've given up that hope. <laughs> Jake, Jake threw in the gloves a long time ago. He waved the white flag of surrender. He's like, nope, Brian's never going to not love that movie. I bought the collector's yeah. edition that came with the little Zod figure and the Superman figure, dude. Like, I love that fucking movie. I even love it when his dad gets swept away by the fucking uh, <laughs> by the tornado. Oh, that's one of the best parts. It's so good. It's so good. Kevin Costner, bye bye. See ya. He just he looks at his son one last time. He's like, bye. See ya. I'm gone. I'm out of here. We should have checked the weather. Should have checked the weather today. (laughs) Should have watched weather. Should have went to weather.com this morning. This is a bad idea. I don't know why I'm doing this. This is stupid. I'm a farmer. You think that I would have fucking checked the weather this morning? Why? Why are we here? In, in, involved in this, involved in this tornado. That's a great point that he didn't even check the app. Yeah, he's a he's a fucking farmer. <laughs> he should be able to smell that shit coming. Yeah, what's the fuck? Superman should be able to smell a fucking tornado. <laughs> you would think. You would think. Are you hating the movie now? That's what it sounds like to me. Oh no, I still fucking love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I can poke holes in it. I can poke holes in it all day. But I fucking love it. I get that. I get that. That, I'm an episode one lover, so I understand making lots of fun of movies you love. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Let's see here. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll do the show with the good pop, the bad pop, all that shit. How's that sound? Love it. Sounds wonderful. Yep. thing that we do we come back on this show we talk about more stuff and uh oh, hold on real quick uh you guys are talking about just letting Zack snyder just go loose and do whatever the fuck he wants on hbo max what if like what if like what if like one week he's just like uh these are th- th- this is the photo slide of me and deborah's trip to cancun <laughs> his wife deborah snyder he starts showing that shit like he just starts still going better, fucking still better than justice league what, i bet those photos have a wonderful <laughs> color palette what if what if one week he's like uh, this is video of uh, this is video of of my circumcision the real Snyder cut? What is there CGI? <laughs> no CGI. It's just it's just it's just a video of like him getting the foreskin ripped off his penis as a baby. We get to hear him cry. Oh, 
Oh, Neil, Neil, I struck a chord there. <laughs> oh man, that sounds rough. The real Snyder cut. You know what I mean? The real Snyder. The real Snyder. Yeah, I want, I want the real Snyder. Yeah, it would, ha- maybe if they didn't record it, it would have to be all CG. He'd just make like a whole CG Snyder cut of like the day that the fucking, the, I don't know, the rabbi? Is it a rabbi, Jake, that does it? Mm, I don't want to. I don't want to get a million emails correcting us on this. I'm not 100 percent sure on that one. I mean, it's kosher, but I'm not sure if it's the rabbi. Uh, it's man. not the kind of thing it's I want to Google. It's the moil. Yeah, I don't want to Google that. <laughs> is it? Is it? Did you ever watch uh, Robin Hood uh, Men in Tights? Oh, I. It's been years. I fucking love that movie, though. Yeah. Is there something that you do with the foreskin after you cut it off? Do you like put it in the freezer and then like a year later, like? Fucking eat it like a like a wedding cake or something, you know, or, or like you plant it out in the garden as compost, and then like I don't know, a tulip pops up, you know. I don't like. What do you like? Is there like a, a thing that you do? do? Do do other cultures do a thing with the foreskin? Pickle it in a jar and save it for many years down the line. Yeah, yeah, that, that was on my list of things to look up, but I just haven't gotten to it yet. It was just no, that's uh, bad. That's wrong. You don't want to look that up. Yeah, I'm afraid of the advertisements that the algorithm will give me if I start looking at such things. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? You know what? Willie Lasante's version, his his cut of the circumcision cut would be called. It'd be called Free Willie. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that was so easy. I know. But good. I know. How many how many Free Willie jokes have you heard in your life, Willie? Um, when I was a little kid, quite a few. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Not, not so topical these days. Anyway. Yeah, no, not anymore. No, they, they as you know, everything, at, you know, time, time lets everything pass. Fuck, this too will pass. That, but I, yeah. I just keep hoping fucking Jake from State Farm will pass one fucking day. Oh, yeah, you still get that shit, don't you? They recast Jake from State Farm. They got a new Jake. Did you notice? Know. Have you seen that? I know. Don't they have the old Jake, like almost like a passing of the torch going on in that commercial? Yeah, it's weird. They got a new Jake. I don't know why they did that though. Why? why okay. Well, yeah. What's what's wrong with the old Jake? Was he wanting too much money? I don't. I don't get it because that was such a great commercial. And they, yeah, I don't get it. Maybe he got like too too much of a big head. Wanted too much money. He might need a Snyder cut too. If I he's was going to say Snyder cut. Oh. I, I, yeah, where they, I bring him back, oh, and we boy. get the we get those versions of the commercial that we got with the new guy, with the old guy. That's what I want. I want the Jake cut. Fucking fucking State Farm. That commercial, so that new State Farm commercial is so terrible. He's like telling the new Jake what to say, and it's It's, the same exact bullshit. It's fucking awful. Guys, let's jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. I watched a movie on uh, Alamo Drafthouse on demand. I guess it's, I think it's like alamodemand.com. And uh, it's called Lucky Grandma. And uh, in the heart of Chinatown, New York, an ornery, chain-smoking, newly widowed 80-year-old grandma is eager to live life. 
as an independent woman, despite the worry of her family, when a local fortune teller predicts a most auspicious day in her future, Grandma decides to head to the casino and goes all in, only to land herself on the wrong side of luck, suddenly attracting the attention of some local gangsters. Uh, des- desperate to protect herself, Grandma employs the services of a bodyguard from a rival gang and soon finds herself right in the middle of a Chinatown gang war. Uh, this is a comedy slash drama. It's directed by uh, Sassy Seely. Uh, she directed a- an episode of Fresh Off the Boat and uh, she was a writer and performer with the sketch comedy troupe The Fifth Humor. It stars uh, Sai Chin. She plays Grandma. Uh, Haisao Yan Ha as Big Pong. He's the uh, bodyguard that she enlists. Michael Tao, Woody Fu, Yan Zi, and then Wai Ching Ho. And she uh, plays Lai uh, Lai, the fortune teller. And if you were a Marvel Netflix fan, you'll remember her as Madame Gao on the Daredevil and Iron Fist series. So I, uh, I saw this and, uh, uh, I, I, I initially wanted to watch it based off of the Alamo Draft House, uh, description of this, which sounded really fucking crazy. Like, it sounded like, like this grandma is just gonna go out and kick ass and all this shit. And I was like, oh my god, I gotta see this 80 year old woman go out there, kick ass and kill people and stuff. It's not, not what this movie's about at all. Um, it is, it is, it is very cute. It is very charming. Um, and basically you've got, you know, she goes to the fortune teller, the fortune teller that says that, you know, she's going to be lucky on this day. So she goes to the casino and she's winning big. She's winning big. She's a fucking high roller. By the end of the night, she's sitting at the table with all the fucking rich people and she's fucking playing some high stakes gambling. She's playing blackjack and she's winning. She's winning. And then until she loses and she loses it all, she loses a fuck ton of money and then gets back on the, uh, on the bus and they're going to charter her back to her home. And uh, the guy sitting next to her dies while they're fucking driving back. His bag <laughs> is next to her. She opens up his bag and it's full of fucking money, just full of money. And so she takes it. She takes it. And this this draws the attention of this guy, the gang, the Red Dragon. So the Red Dragon is after her. And then she fucking goes to a rival gang and hires this big, this massively huge, um, bodyguard, uh, known as Big Pong. And I love the relationship that she had with Big Pong. This movie is like, I'm going to give it a solid taste. It, I did really enjoy it quite a bit. I thought it was really fun, very charming, but I think that I was kind of let down after reading the Alamo draft houses like description of this, which I don't have ready to read on the podcast, but they just made it sound like it was like, you know what I mean? Like one of these movies, like fucking Kung Fury, where it's all crazy, like, or, you know, like, uh, where grandma's just going to go out and kick ass and like, you know, take names and all this shit. And that's not the movie that I got. I got a different movie. I got a comedy drama. I did enjoy it. It's a taste it, but I would wait on this one. I wouldn't drop the $12 that alamodrafthouse.com wants you to drop on this movie. I would wait for this to show up, pop up, maybe on Netflix or something like that. But overall, it's a it's a fun, cute movie. And the nice. main lady is very charming and nice. I watched um, <laughs> High Town on Stars. This is a new series. Uh, it it did, hey, Neil, did you watch this? No, I did. 
You did? Okay. Hightown. It's, uh, Willie watched it. Hightown is set on, uh, iconic Cape Cod and it follows one woman's journey to sobriety intertwined with an unfolding murder investigation. Jackie Canones, a hard partying national marine fisheries service agent, has her freewheeling life thrown into disarray when she discovers a body on the beach. Another casualty of Cape Cod's opioid epidemic. As a result of this trauma, Jackie takes the first steps towards becoming sober until she becomes convinced that it's up to her to solve the murder. Now at odds with Sergeant Ray Abruzzo, an abrasive but effective member of the Cape Cod Interagency Narcotics Unit, Jackie starts to spiral. And she's not alone. Ray, too, spins out of control, losing himself in the investigation. The lives of everyone connected to this murder crash and converge, reminding us just how complicated and deadly our addictions can be. Uh, the series is created by Rebecca Cutter, uh, and uh, it's executive produced by Cutter and Jerry Bruckheimer. And it stars uh, Monica Raymond and James Badge Dale. And um, I, it basically, uh, the series starts with two women in a car, and one woman's going to meet a guy for a date. And they're talking, you know, they've got a history. One woman is, you know, she, she's gone through recovery. She just recently got out. The other woman is still like doing drugs. And so probably not good for her to be hanging out with the woman doing drugs. Probably not good for her sobriety. But anyway, uh, a car pulls up. It's kind of like a weird, like, it's a weird place to meet for a fucking date. They're like out in the middle of like nowhere. And so this car pulls up and instead of her date coming out, this massive um, black guy and this other guy that looks like Eminem. Yeah, fucking, big pun Eminem. Yeah, it, this fucking massive guy comes out and just shoots her fucking right in the head. Now, her friend that was there is fucking pissing out in the grass, and they didn't see her. And so, I mean, it starts off with a murder, and then we've got Jackie Canones. She stumbles across the body, and... uh and uh, she she becomes really involved in this investigation. She's also got issues with fucking substance abuse. Uh, ends up, uh, she's a lesbian, goes out with this one woman, and then she fucking wrecks her car and then gets arrested and all this shit. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I really, I, Willie, I want to hear your thoughts, but like, I think I, I really enjoyed this first episode to the point where, like, I was looking for the second episode today. It doesn't drop until tomorrow. It drops on Sunday. Um, I'm going to give it a high-tasted overall. I thought it was really good. And they also have, like, an after show where they talk about the episode. It's about 15 minutes long, and they had everybody kind of, like, on a Zoom call, and you could watch them, uh, you know, because of this coronavirus shit going on. They can't all be together. But uh, I'll give it a high-tasted overall. What do you think, Willie? I, I, man, I gotta tell you, I, I, thank God, I went in cold. Thank God, after just the first few sentences, I told my daughter she should go in a room and and be on TikTok, because if <laughs> she would have seen the rest of this fucking episode, oh my God, um, I've seen a lot this week that's been kind of up and down, and eh, I am Tupperwareing the shit out of this show. I love this show. The um. It, it, it it's it's the main girl is amazing. The it, characters are really engaging, and it's such an edgy tone. I mean, there's at least the beginning the beginning of like eight SVU episodes in this one episode that we saw. There's like eight SVU cases in this thing. It's it's nuts, and it's so I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting. I, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I can't wait to see the next episode. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, I was surprised at how good the episode was, and I think James Badge Dale is so good in this show. He plays Ray Abruzzo, and uh, he's starting to get to know um, that one gangster who's in jail who might have a connection and might know yeah, his wife. Yeah, yeah. He's he's starting to to get close to the the gangster's wife, and the gangster. She told him, she was like, yeah, this, this fucking, you know, this fucking sergeant came over to the house and was asking questions and he told her to get close to him. It'll be yep, interesting yep. to see what happens between them, but I, I'll give it a high taste it. I'm definitely, definitely watching the second episode. I was super surprised at how much I liked this because stars has fucking been, stars is up and down with me. I love the first season of American Gods. I loved all of Ash versus the evil dead until they fucking canceled that shit. Um, you know, and Dublin Murders is a good show, and this is a really good fucking show. It's called High Town. It's on Stars, and I would recommend watching this one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my, wow! But don't watch it with the kids. <laughs> Be a bad parent. Watch it with your children. Let, let them listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, L- listen to our podcast as well. We've got some parents that fucking listen to the podcast with their kids, which is fucked up. Anyway, uh, Snowpiercer came out. Did everybody get a chance to see Snowpiercer on TNT? Yeah. Yes. A series that's a reboot of the film's continuity follows the passengers of the Snowpiercer, a gigantic, perpetually moving train that circles the globe, carrying the remnants of humanity seven years after the world becomes a frozen wasteland. Uh, Snowpiercer questions class warfare, social injustice, and the politics of survival. It stars David Diggs, Michael Malley, and Jennifer Connelly. Um, and I, and, and they say, this is what they say. This is what they're saying. They're saying that, uh, Stephen Ogg will join the cast, the main cast in the second season. He was in this first episode, Stephen Ogg. So it looks like he's going to be, uh, they, they froze him in this episode. So it looks like he might not be joining us, uh, joining the, the, the series again until season two. Um, and then I found out Rowan Blanchard from Girl Meets World and, uh, Sean Bean from uh, every movie where he dies. Yeah, I was going to say he's probably going to die. In this. He is going to. He actually said that he's not going to be joining any more movies or series where he dies immediately. <laughs> <laughs> he, he fucking came out and said that recently. That was within the past couple of years. But he he's going to join the cast in the second season. Um, but um, I want to know your thoughts on this, Jake. What did you think about uh, Snowpiercer with David Diggs and Jennifer Connelly? Um, I actually liked this a lot more than I thought I was. Uh, I'm going to give it um, a solid taste it. Um, I don't know. I just did not think this series was going to work very well. Just I mean, We've talked about it quite a bit leading up to actually getting to watch it. And my hopes had kind of dwindled and dwindled thinking that, you know, what was the whole point of the series. But after seeing the pilot, I kind of do see the point. I feel like this is a storyline that's well suited to do a bit more of a slow burn with than what you could do in just a two-hour movie. And I thought the acting was was pretty good. I, I liked um, Diggs a lot as the main character. Mm-hmm. And I, the special effects, I thought, were great for TV. And, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this. And I, I think I will definitely be watching the second episode. A great cliffhanger on this one. Yeah, fantastic cliffhanger. And I, I like what's really cool about this is, yeah, it's one of those things where we were like, how are they going to stretch this out? We saw the fucking movie with Chris Evans. How are they going to stretch this out? And there's other things that can go on within that train. I mean, 
you know, of course, we've got like the different social classes and things like that. But there was a murder that was committed on this train. And they find out that one of the passengers that's kind of like in, uh, you know, in the uh, he's not even in like the third class. He's like in the fourth class, which is like where they where they're giving them those bars of shit that they eat. You know what I mean? Like living like they're living like rats. They, they, they treat them like just like animals, like uh, cattle. And they have them in the back. They treat them worse than cattle. And, and they have them in the back of the fucking, uh, snow piercer. And they find out that David Diggs character was a homicide detective and they need him. They need him to figure out who, uh, who was the murderer on this, uh, on the snow piercer. And, um, I thought David Diggs, I love David Diggs. I want to see, I, I, I love seeing more of him. I loved it. The movie was blind spotting, I believe. And I love that fucking movie. He's fucking great in it. And he's great in this series. And Jennifer Connelly, she's fantastic in this series. So good in this series. I loved her. She's like the head of uh, hospitality, but then there's a huge twist at the end of this one. Um, which I won't spoil, but my God, uh, yeah, TNT, uh, this was in production hell for like three fucking years. We were hearing about this thing and they finally got it off the ground, finally released it. And, uh, I'm going to give it a high taste that I enjoyed it. What'd you think, Neil? Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, well, fuck you, Neil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. what'd you see? What'd you think, Willie? <laughs> um, I had a different. I had a cool experience with this because, to be honest with you, I mean, it was on my list of movies I, I haven't seen. I never saw Snowpiercer. It's based on a graphic novel, mm. so it. Well, no, the the graphic. No, I, I learned that. But yeah, yeah. Just a few days before seeing the first episode, I actually got my first experience seeing the movie, um, which I really liked. It was it was it was cool. Um, just like what uh, what Jake said, the production value in this, I can't believe it's TV sometimes. Because it looks like it's right out of a film, like out of a motion picture. Um, it was cool that Simon from Walking Dead's in it, even though, without getting too much into detail, the whole, we'll go to sleep right now, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit in the back of my head. Well, this world. thing goes for 10 seasons, and he, they wake him up, and he's like, what year is it? And he's like, what the fuck? You put me to sleep for 10 years. Um, but, no, it, it's the movie's just got a badass vibe to it. I love how they're extending it. I hope it's not a weekly crime ep- scene or a cr- crime show, but um, it, it's it's it was it was solid. Um, one thing I I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but I know you know with Jake and Brian seeing it. Did you guys like the twist at the end? Yeah, I, I thought I, I, I think it adds something. It definitely adds something to the show. And I mean, there's a lot of crazy dynamics going on in this show that they that I was not expecting. Like David Diggs character has started a new relationship in the back of the train. But like his previous like wife or girlfriend or fiance is on the train already. In a but different, they can't talk to each other, so it might be okay. I don't know, but it, it's <laughs> it's encourage that. <laughs> but there's, I mean, they've added so many different elements that make this story fucking interesting. Which I I I, I think I don't know. I'm I'm super impressed, and it's like I'm oh, gl- they, it's a it's a super high tasted for me. Yeah, I love it. It's almost a Tupperware, 
In fact, I, I wanted to call it a Tupperware, but I'm going to say two, two Tupperwares in a row where nothing else was a Tupperware this week. But uh, it was just fantastic. Spoilers. So good. <laughs> Spoilers, sir. <laughs> yeah, I I um I didn't read any reviews for this show, but I saw just a few of the headlines of the clickbait on some of the reviews, and yeah. it seemed like most people did not like this show. Really, and I, I saw a couple of those before I even watched the episode. So even more so than before, I was like, oh, this is not going to be a fun watch. And yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how good this was. Yeah, I dug it. Um, yeah, Snowpiercer on TNT. What's it, what day is it coming out? Sunday? Sundays, I believe. Sundays? Yeah, watch it. High taste it for me. Uh, Neil, I know I talked to you about this one. Did you get a chance to see To Your Last Death? I did. I, did, I just watched it a couple hours ago. Let's talk about this one. Neil, uh, it's, uh, in order to save her siblings, a young woman takes on her father and the powerful entity known as the Game Master, who ensnares humans into diabolical plots while her species gambles on the outcome. She's the sole survival uh, survivor of a brutal attack that destroyed her brothers and sister. Miriam DeKalb is given a chance to relive that night from the beginning, armed with foreknowledge of the events. Of course, there's always the chance that Miriam is insane and murdered everyone herself. Uh, this is an adult animated action horror film. It's directed by Jason Axon and written by uh, Jim Sorrell and Tanya C. Klein. Jason Axon directed uh, a movie called Space Guys in Space and <laughs> Fugitive from the Pod People. Uh, he is an interesting guy. He's a graduate of USC Cinema Television School. He's directed and edited over 150 short films for clients that include The Black Eyed Peas, Funny or Die, and The Upright Citizens Brigade. He's worked with James Gunn, Will I Am, uh, Matt Besser, Phil Lamar. He's directed commercials for Microsoft, Verizon, Sega, Qualcomm, and Kingston. Um, He's also an accomplished screenwriter whose scripts have garnered him relationships with Sony, Pixar, and DreamWorks. Um, so I, uh, I, I don't know. I was just flipping through on Fandango and I was like looking for something to watch. And I was like, there's this new fucking Bruce Willis movie that came out called Survive the Night. And I watched the trailer for that and I was like, this is, this looks fucking terrible. I was like, I, I was like, okay, am I, am I, am I really going to review the new Bruce Willis movie that has been done a million times where like people invade his home and they're like threatening his family, but yeah. the, but the old man has like this background of where he's a badass or something <laughs> like that. This, this, these latent skills that he hasn't used in years. And so now the old man, the old brittle old man is going to fight back and save the family. You know what I mean? And I was like, fuck that. It's an hour and a half. That's an hour and a half. I'll never get back. Let's find something <laughs> else. And I found this. Huh? I didn't get the memo. Are you serious? Oh, yes, Willie. I'm serious. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, are you, am I serious about this movie? No, are you serious that I just watched Surviving the Night for no reason? I didn't. I didn't even. Did I tell you to watch Survive the Night? Yes, you did. Are you fucking? Oh fuck! I accidentally included <laughs> that in the hilarious. list. <laughs> you know what? I, I want to review that movie. Fuck this shit! I did not just throw an hour and a half away for nothing. Bro. I will let. No, I let. Damn it! I, I didn't. I put that in my notes. I didn't realize that I copied it and pasted it and sent it to you. I apologize. Thinking is not cool. This is horrible, dude. I'm gonna. No, I can't wait to hear your fucking review of this. I cannot wait. <laughs> 
So yeah, we'll uh, tell you what. Hey, surprise everybody! Fucking Willie actually watched it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. Anyway, so yeah, this is uh, to your last death. It's an uh, an adult animated action horror film. It's uh, um, I don't know, Neil. I th- this movie it starts off. Uh, with, uh, with Miriam DeKalb and she goes to, her father owns like this huge corporation, very rich man. And, uh, she goes there and, and, and all the siblings have been, her siblings have, and herself have been invited there to talk to the father. And this has an insane cast in my opinion. I, I think it's pretty good cast. William Shatner plays kind of like the narrator. He's the overseer. And then Marina Baccarin is the game master. Uh, the villain is played by Ray Wise. I love Ray Wise. I'm a huge Same here. I love Ray Wise. I loved him in Reaper. He was also in RoboCop. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I love Ray Wise. Um, but um, so they're invited to his corporation to talk to him. He's got a big announcement to make. And he gets the family there. And at one time he ran for vice president, but things kind of fell through for him. <laughs> and a lot of the family had a big part to do with that. And uh, his kids kind of let him down. He's got one kid who kind of fucking a little crazy, a little wild. The daughter, one of his daughters, actually fucking married his biggest competitor. And then uh, the other son, what was the other son? Why was he pissed off at the other son? Because he, he, he came out with some, I know Miriam came out with some things that he did to them growing oh. up like he would beat the mother and you know what i mean well one son was the uh uh he, he was gay so he hated that oh yeah and then the, the other son was into autoerotic asphyxiation yes yes <laughs> so anyway like he gets them all together and then basically voices his displeasure at like how <laughs> uh how they've let him down and tells them that he's going to kill them all and um I mean, that's basically what happens. Like Miriam wakes up and she's in a hospital and she's being pegged for the murders of her siblings. And, um, the game master shows up and gives her a chance to make things different, to rewrite this story. And there's like this whole group of kind of like entities that are, that, that are betting on this is like, it's, like it's a, as if it's a game and they bet mm-hmm. on it and to see who wins. And then they just watch the events play out again and it can get super gory. What did you think about this one, Neil? Yeah, I thought the story was pretty interesting uh, overall. And I, I thought the art was beautiful and the gore was great and all, but I didn't really like the uh, way they animated it. It felt like a flash game on, you know, 2000s internet. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just it was just a really weird way to animate something. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was the art itself was was really really good. Um, I I, I love the voice cast, and I, I I don't know. I thought the pacing was was pretty poor. Um, it felt like a lot of scenes were drawn out excessively. Um, I, I I'd give this this thing. A middle of the road tasted. I think it's worth watching, but it's definitely got some serious issues that made it a little harder for me to watch. Yeah, I I think it kind of dragged in the middle. Yeah, and you know I 
and I kind of like wanted our once she's going through this scenario again, like I don't know. It was interesting. The story is interesting, but sometimes they would just like they would take you back in time yet another time and change mm-hmm. something else. And and sometimes I wanted her to be a little bit more badass, and she wasn't. But I mean, yeah, I, same here. Yeah, <laughs> she like, was kind of weak throughout most of. Yeah, them. it's like do something, do something. You're our fucking main person here. I'll give it a middle of the road taste it too. And the animation style, it looked great, but like, yes, you're absolutely like right. The way it kind of moved, it was. A little annoying. I, Marvel used to do this with their animated stuff back in the oh, day. Really? Yes, there's like a Hulk versus Wolverine animated movie that came out, and it it's just like this, and it's fucking terrible. Um, but um, you know, I uh, I enjoyed this enough. It's super fucking gory in parts, and like mm-hmm. he puts the once you go through and the game master reverses the story and you get to see like how the siblings died, like he puts them through like almost like saw torture devices, you know, like yeah, the, it's, the, it's the like torture porn, the one daughter is a cutter and they all know this in the family. Her arms are cut up and he fucking puts this, she, he puts her in this, in this chair and in front of her is this metal tray with a scale and she has free – she can use her hands, but she's tied down otherwise. There's this jagged blade in front of her that looks like at any time it could, like, slice her neck and just decapitate her. And there's a timer that starts, and it gives her 60 seconds, and she has to cut herself, and she has to pour out 10 milliliters of blood – into this tray in front of her. And if she doesn't, she'll be decapitated. But if she does, it'll reset and she'll get another 60 seconds to drop yet another 10 milliliters of blood into the tray. It's It's pretty brutal, pretty fucking (laughs) brutal. And yeah. And like, so there are other, yeah, the, the son that's into auto erotic asphyxiation, you can kind of guess like maybe what his torture would be. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, overall, like, I think this could have been great, Neil. I think it yeah, could have been here. great, you know, especially like with the voice cast, William Shatner, Marina Backer and Ray Wise. I think it could have been great if they just would have like done a little bit better, I guess, with like the way the animation kind of like moved. And uh, I don't know, because I think the gore, no. the gore was there and the story was there for the most part, but. Yeah, and and if they had tightened up the pacing a bit, I think it, the animation wouldn't have been as annoying if the, yeah. if it moved a little faster overall. Yeah. It's called To Your Last Death, and if it's on a service sometime in the future that you have, maybe like if it drops on Netflix or, or Shudder or something like that, I would recommend watching it. But like – Yeah, it's, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I don't think it's worth. I don't think it's worth dropping the twelve bucks though on video on demand or or a rental or no. whatever. So, um, I watched I watched the Lovebirds. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it, Neil? Yes. Did you watch it, Willie? Yeah, I did. Jake, I know you didn't get a chance to watch. I don't think you got a chance to watch this one. No, I did not. Yeah, this is a couple. Uh, experiences a defining moment in their relationship when they are unintentionally embroiled in a murder mystery 
as their journey to clear their names takes them from one extreme and hilarious circumstance to the next. They must figure out how they and their relationship can survive the night. Uh, this is another one of those movies that Paramount skipped theaters with and sent it straight to Netflix. Clover, uh, Cloverfield Paradox uh, being the first. And uh, they kind of did it with Annihilation, which that movie only hit theaters in the U.S., Canada, and China. And then it was released on Netflix everywhere else. Um, it's directed by Michael Showalter. He's the guy behind Wet Hot American Summer. And this one stars Camille Nanjiani and Issa Rae. It was supposed to come out April 3rd. Instead, Netflix bought it and dropped it on Netflix. And what did you think about it, Neil? I thought it was pretty fun overall. Um, I liked the chemistry between Camille Nanjiani and Issa Rae. I thought they were really, really good together. Um, I'll give it a, a solid middle-of-the-road taste-it. Uh, the stakes just weren't there for me. There was definitely a, a lot of really good comedy, um, but it was never uproarious to me. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of that movie with uh, Steve Carell and Tina Fey, uh, Date Night, I think it was, where you never really felt that the characters were in any danger at, uh, to make it out of the movie alive or whatnot. And so there was just no overriding um like stakes that they have to overcome, but it was definitely a fun watch and I'd, I'd recommend that people check it out. Um, but it's not, it wasn't really anything special to me. Huge, huge kind of like, um, uh, swerve here where the part in that trailer where he's getting ready to tell her, I love her in the car never happens in the movie. They're actually fighting mm-hmm. in the car. They're breaking up at that time. I was, I was kind of like, that never that whole scene that we saw in that trailer at the theaters never even happened in the movie <laughs> where they're playing that fucking music that one song and like mm-hmm. the, he's getting ready to tell her you know I love you and blah 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 that never that whole scene never happens like the scene in the car they're actually breaking up so that was like a huge like I didn't I was just like wow okay that's a twist I didn't I didn't see that coming from like what we saw in the trailers so, um, Willie, what did you think about this movie? I, I thought it was cute. Um, I think Neil hit a lot of great points. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Neil. It, it's definitely a you know middle of the road. Taste it. Um, I I never saw the tra- actually. You know what? I did see the trailer, but I forgot it. I forgot it. Um, I like that they're arguing. Was pretty. It, it, they had a really nice relationship. You believed it. Even, but even with their arguing, it was cute. It wasn't a downer. They were funny when they were arguing. You, it was almost like there were a couple that were getting along arguing. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's any danger. You're never really locked in. And I will say sometimes the back and forth does get a little bit into the stupid silly. Um, <laughs> where especially with the one thing I won't get into too much details, but they're trying to get information from a kid. Um, it gets a little stupid where you're like, all right, they, they carry the joke a little too far. Where you just got to drop it, um, but it's cute. It's fun if it's Saturday and you're just hanging out and you might as well kind of thing. I wouldn't get out of your way, um, but it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, it's a taste. It for me, um, I was expecting a lot more. I mean, I loved the Big Sick. I thought that that was. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that Camille Nanjiani movie, and. I think that was also Michael Showalter. And I fucking love The Big Sick. 
I thought it was fantastic. It's a great movie. And if you haven't watched it, it's on Amazon Prime. You should watch it right fucking now. Hmm. But um, this is, it's fine. It's like, I don't know. I'm not saying rush out and say, listen, if, if, you, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they want to watch it and they're pissing and moaning about watching it, then watch it. But otherwise, just don't watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's, you, yeah it's not, it's, that's the perfect thing. Saturday, you're sitting around, nothing to do. She's going to be happy if you watch it. Yeah, do it. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna tell the boys to all come over and be like, "Oh, let's watch," you know, "Lovebirds." It's not gonna happen. You shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, like you have the guys come over and watch like an Expendables movie or The Raid. But like this movie, if it's gonna get you laid that night, then watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Tupperware. Yeah, Tupperware. Oh, I fucking loved it, honey. I, mean, I will say it can get you laid, but it's not good enough to get you, you know, anal. So that's not going to happen. No, but you might, <laughs> you might get some reverse cowgirl on the flip side. You know what I mean? Yeah. So have yeah. at it. <laughs> I mean, whatever it fucking takes. But yeah, it's it's okay. It, it's okay. It's no fucking. It's no fucking game night. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. all right. It's all right. It's a taste it. And so I don't know. I'm not saying if you got Netflix and you're fucking. Yeah. If you've got Netflix and somebody's bothering, if she's bothering you to watch this fucking thing, just watch it. And then have sex later on that night. And it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. You did it. She's happy. <laughs> you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck me! I watched Celebrity Escape Room. Let me. This is. Did you? Who watched this? I saw it. I did not. I saw the advertisements for it, though. All right, tapping into the wildly popular escape room craze, Celebrity Escape Room combines the drama and tension of a real-life video game with the side-splitting allure of the Ultimate Party game. All highly competitive with Killer Instincts, Ben Stiller, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, and Adam Scott will work together and channel their inner Sherlocks to decipher clues and solve puzzles, brainstorm for solutions, and combine their comedic talents to ultimately gain their freedom before time runs out. It's hosted by Jack Black, and uh, I was not a fan of this. Oh my god! I this was the oh my god! It's it's a great cause. Hold on, Willie. It's a great fucking cause. It's a great fucking cause. You know, I, all the you know they're trying to get raise money for uh, what is it rednose.org or whatever the fuck a great charity whatever. But my god, I was just so it's just so mind numbingly boring this show like i think escape rooms are to be experienced it's not fun watching celebrities do it so um and honestly i wasn't the celebrities like weren't ben stiller wasn't cracking me up uh adam scott wasn't cracking me up courtney cox wasn't doing it for me they were just kind of like they were just playing the game they were just doing a they were just solving clues and jack black was there and god i was so fucking bored i i don't i don't think this is a series i think this was just like a one night special event thank god i don't need any more of this i give it a i give it the lowest of taste it's what do you think willie um, it says something that I can't even tell you if it is a series or not because I didn't bother checking afterwards. Um, <laughs> it's it's oh shit, dude! I spent a long. This is one of the first things I saw on, on for the week, and I really tried to come up with reasons why to like it. And I'm like, fuck, I can't. Um, Jack Black, like the first five minutes were actually kind of cute, and I'm like, okay, normally the celebrity shows that they do, like celebrities doing this or that. 
it's like the the drummer from White Snake's third cousin or some shit like that. So I'm like, all right, at least I got three people we know or four that we know, so that's good. But um, it's it's and then Jack Black starts doing this Jim Carrey Sonic impression, where the whole time he's acting like Jim Carrey in in the Sonic movie. He's like just so, and I I don't like that over the top comedy. It, it freaking annoys me. I like it more when it's more subtle. Holy dude! After fucking ten minutes, I'm like. Okay, this is almost over, right? And I check, and it's still like I thought it was like forty minutes in. My daughter was wide awake when we started seeing this. She's like, "I'm going to bed," and my daughter stays fights to stay up late. <laughs> I go to pause it. The shit's only twenty minutes in. There's still forty more minutes to go, mm-hmm. and, and I'm looking at her. I'm telling her, "Don't fucking leave me!" Like, "Don't leave me!" And she's like, "No, Dad, I'm really tired. I want to go to bed." And she took the dog with her too, which is fucked up. So yeah. I had to sit there by myself and watch the rest of the shit. Oh my god. No, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm surprised you gave it the lowest of tasted. Fucking toss that shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I can't sit there for forty minutes and see people scratch their heads and wonder who, what do we do? And it's yeah, it like you said, it should be experienced. Yeah, you can't sit there and watch somebody do an escape room. Well, I mean, on the flip side, like I don't know, I think you can make escape room stuff. I just don't think it should be a reality show where you're watching oh, no, no. celebrities do it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, chill out. Um. I think because I, what I was going to bring up is the fact like th- there was a Blumhouse movie. I believe it was a Blumhouse movie called Escape Room. And that movie was super fun. Like, but like on the flip side, like in this, there's not a chance that like I'm going to see Ben Stiller get killed by one of these fucking escape rooms. Like, you know, so, <laughs> so maybe that would have made it a little bit more interesting, you know, like, you know, night at the museum. Now he actually fucking dies or something like that. But no, I love Ben Stiller, uh, but it, I don't know. I just, it was, I want, I've done an escape room and I had a great fucking time. Um, the escape room movie was a lot of fun, but just watching celebrities kind of like go through these escape rooms is just not a f- I'm just ready for holy moly to start up again. Let me see some fucking fun mini golf. That's what I'm all about right now. Oh, it's on. Is it back? The first episode, yeah. Oh shit, I'm going to have to watch that. How how's Rob Riggle doing? He's so funny. I love him. So funny. Love that guy. Yeah, yeah we got fucking John Lovitz is all part of it now. Ah, fuck John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's dressed up as a pirate and his name is Long John Lovitz. People that listen to Hollywood Babylon know why I said fuck John Lovitz. So I'm just throwing that out there. I, he's still, he's a fun, he was a funny guy, but uh, I don't know. He can be a shitty human being. Anyway, that's a, I'm not even going to get into it. That's going to piss people off. They're like, well, 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 what's that all about? I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> Look at it, Google it or something. All right, put yourself to work. Not hard, not hard to find. Not hard to find. You can find out the information yourself if you look hard enough. Um, I didn't. I didn't get to finish this one. I told you guys to watch it. Patton Oswalt. I love everything. It's funny so far. I'm digging it. I think it's funny. It's a Netflix comedy special with Patton Oswalt. Have you guys watched yeah, it? Patton Oswalt. I need to check this out. I watched it. I watched it. Yeah, so it's funny. I think it's funny. It's funny. I'll give it I'll, right now. I'll give it a high taste. I haven't finished it. Man, some of the stuff that he says is just fucking, just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Just absolutely brilliant. So I'll give it a high taste. So I'm like, I think I'm only like thirty minutes in. I just didn't get back to it. But what'd you guys think? Go ahead, Willie. Yeah, somebody, um, somebody, go I'll, ahead. Uh, no, I'll give it. A, I'll, I'll give it a taste. It. 
I'll give I'll, I'll, I'll give it a minute. Uh, there's there's brilliant moments. It's, and you're gonna like a lot of the end. Um, there's brilliant moments. He's got a thing, you know. Yeah, there's there's brilliant moments. It's very intelligent setting up with the jokes, but there it's not it's not raw. It's not delirious. It's not some of these other ones that you're just like cracking up the whole time. It's more just sincere, sentimental, and I don't think any twenty year old or younger is going to want to hear about getting old and hitting their fifties. I know when I was twenty five, you know, a lethal weapon. You hear every time you heard Danny Glover say, "I'm getting too old for this shit," you hated that. Um, so uh, this is really about getting too old for this shit, this whole thing, and uh, it's good. It's sweet. It's sincere, and it's got some good comedy. Um, yeah, it's it's a taste. It, and you're gonna like the end. The last thirty minutes, he he gets he gets the last ten minutes are brilliant. Which yeah, think? I, I'll I'll give yeah. this a taste. It as well. Um, I don't think it's as good as uh, Annihilation, the last one he did. Um, and it's he's definitely lost his edge a bit since um, since he had a you know kid and his wife and everything. Um, I love I absolutely love his 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 earlier stuff. I thought he was just completely brilliant. He's one of my favorite comedians ever. But yeah, it it, it definitely. The subject matter it wasn't as as biting or or um, like some of his older stuff and, and I mean it's funny but it's it's not as funny as earlier stuff so it's a it's a taste for me. What's he, what's he need to do, man? What's he got to do? <laughs> what's he got to do to make himself funny again to you, Neil? What's he got to do? Fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, he's already had some real bad things going on in his life, so I wouldn't want to wish anything else on him. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> shit, man. That was the wrong question to ask. <laughs> but I mean, it, yeah, it's I funny. It's worth watching. <laughs> it's it's definitely worth watching, but I just don't think it's as good as his older stuff or even Annihilation, which I thought was it, that one had me in tears yeah. because of the story about his wife and everything, and um, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. But this is not on that same level for me. Yeah, you hear that, Pat? Get back on the drugs, dude. Come on. <laughs> That's what Neil's saying. Oh, ooh, ooh. Sure. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't even... I haven't even That's what fit. I heard, too. That's what I heard, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I watched a movie called James versus His Future Self. It's on video on demand. Did you see it, Neil? I did. Yeah. When an uptight time, uh, when an uptight time traveling obsessed young scientist is visited by his nihilistic future self, he's told that he needs to give up his dream of becoming the world's first time traveler or else. But when he won't go along with the plan, it becomes a wicked battle of man versus himself. Literally, the film stars Jonas Chernick as James, a scientist researching time travel whose life is turned upside down when his older self, played by Daniel Stern, Yes, that Daniel Stern from Home Alone, from City Slickers, that one, uh, arrives from 17 years in the future to to demand that he stop. The cast also includes Cleopatra Coleman. She's from The Last Man on Earth. Uh, Francis Conroy from American Horror Story. And uh, Neil, what would you think about uh, James versus his future self? I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I really, really loved Daniel Stern on this. He was just brilliant, I thought. And I, I like the relationship that um, James and, and uh, Courtney have um, as it kind of – it's 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 nice um, yeah. how it all ends up and everything. And um, 
I thought it was a pretty good movie. I'll give it a high tasted. I really, really enjoyed the Daniel Stern stuff the most, though. God, he was so good in this, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Just like so fucking good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wild movie. It's basically you've got a guy who, you know, he's the guy who comes up with time travel. And one of the reasons that he wants to go back in time is to change certain things that happened. One of the big things that happened in his life was that his parents died. I guess didn't they get on a plane or something and die? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, and he wants to stop them from getting on the plane. But he ends up like, you know, going back into the past and and um um kind of uh he just he he gets so wrapped up in his work that he lets a potential relationship fall to the side it's it, it's it's a friendship but it could be something more with uh Cleopatra Coleman's character and uh he lets his relationship with his own sister Meredith kind of like fall to the wayside he just gets so enveloped in his work that he forgets who he is and um like he has nobody. He's just, he's just, he's just, so he, his future self wants to go back to a point in time where he can get his, his past self to kind of like just drop this whole project and change and um, give himself the life that he thinks he deserves. And, and if he does that, if he, if, if his future self succeeds and talks his past self into this, the future version of himself will just like disintegrate and uh, that, that version of himself will never exist. And, uh, Daniel Stern is just so good in this movie, and I love see like I, I thought the the relationship between like his past self, um, played by Jonas Chernick, and then Cleopatra Coleman, like when they went out on their first date and stuff like that. I thought that they had great chemistry as actors in yeah. those scenes. They were fantastic. I'll also give it a high taste. It I, I I did enjoy this one quite a bit. I mean, but it's, it's no fucking back to the future, but on the flip side, it is, it is a good sci-fi time travel comedy drama, uh, comedy romance, yeah. rom-com. It, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good. So I don't know if you have to like rent this one now, but like if it pops up on Netflix or Amazon or something like that, I would highly recommend watching it. It's called James versus his future self. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. I, I had a real fun time watching it. Um, I watched, I'm, I'm just going to talk about this real, I'm going to talk about these next two real quick. I watched On Point on Crackle. Like, um, I finished The Last Dance, which was the Michael Jordan, um, Chicago Bulls 97, 98, you know, docuseries, 10 part docuseries. And like, I've been dying to like watch more basketball, um, related documentaries and stuff like that. And I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot, um, of them. And this was one that released on crackle, I think in like sometime this year. And it's about, uh, top ranked high school basketball players, Romeo, La- Romeo Langford, who's now with the Boston Celtics, uh, Scotty Lewis and Emmett Williams, as they compete in the summer AAU season, all eyes are on them as they prepare for their professional futures and face off against the best of the best from around the country. And so it's just about like these top prospects and like them playing in like different tournaments. And, and, um, it's really interesting. And like, you'll see them in their neighborhoods and stuff like that. And people are like talking about how they're going to go to the NBA. God, they got to get fucking sick and tired of hearing people saying <laughs> shit. Like, like you're going to go, like go, go make that money in the NBA. Like they, <laughs> and they're always, and like, they're, they're like, you're talking about kids that are fucking like, you're talking about kids that are fucking like 18, like 17, 18, at the time of this documentary that are just fucking like 
Yeah, they, they'll go out to eat and shit, and they and like people know that they that they might end up in the NBA. Like these are the top fucking prospects. Like you go to NBADraft.net, they're showing up on fucking like mock drafts and shit. You know what I mean? Like these kids are huge. Um, and so people are stopping them at like restaurants and having to ask to get the picture taken with them. And, um, I really like Emmett Williams, like watching the, the episodes. I really like this kid, Emmett Williams. He's a power forward and, uh, it just seems like he's got a great, really good head on his shoulders and really respects the people that, you know, that, that, that got him to where he was. And I, and he's just got a great fucking personality. I really like this Emmett Williams kid. It's called on point. It's on crackle. It's, it, you know, it's interesting man like i remember fucking watching some of the, like these young players back in the day i remember like darius miles i was actually talking to um uh steve hudson just through twitter uh he does heroes of noise podcast with dan ramirez i was talking through him with twitter and i i recently looked up darius miles who came straight out of high school like this kid like was like the unknown like kid was freakishly athletic and they were saying like he could be the next kevin garnett and like his stock kept rising and rising and rising as they clacked closer to the draft and i think he got drafted at in the, I think it was the 2000 draft. And I think he got drafted at number three, the third pick in the draft. Kid fucking over his nine year career, he got injured, made 62 fucking million dollars. Jesus. He was in a couple movies too. He was in a couple movies, but he made 62 million fucking dollars and he lost it all in bad investments. Played for the clip. Yeah, got drafted by the Clippers, played with the Clippers, um, fucking lost it all in bad investments. And it's like, it's like, man, it's just, it's tragic. It's fucking tragic what happened. And it's not even just the young players. I remember Antoine Walker. Fuck, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson fucking lost a shit fuck ton of money. You should watch the documentary Iverson if it's still on Netflix. But fucking, um, Antoine Walker got to the point where he sold his Boston Celtics championship ring, I think, for $20,000. His championship ring. P- players fucking work their entire lives to get a championship ring. And here you got a guy who had to, sad. yeah, he had to sell it, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, you know, the, I, the NBA, I guess, has gotten better about like teaching the, they, they have like this, um, this program, I guess, where the younger players come in and they have some of the elder players and other people talk to them about like, you know, how they should be, you know, treating their money and, and all this stuff and saving and stuff. But man, you know, some of that's a LeBron James. Look at this guy. This LeBron James is frugal as fuck. He really is. It's crazy. He's a penny pincher, LeBron James. That's who kids should be looking at when the when it comes to the fucking finances. Is fucking LeBron James. But uh, <laughs> man, on point. It's called on point. It's on crackle. I'm two episodes in. I'm gonna finish it. I, I'm fucking digging it. And because uh, I love the Last Dance, I just wanted more bi- basketball content. I want more basketball content, or more basketball documentaries. And guess what? If you haven't seen The Last Dance, it's going to hit Netflix, because uh, this was a Netflix-ESPN joint production. It's going to hit Netflix on July 19th. You've got no excuse nice. not to watch it. It's going to be on Netflix July 19th, and you should watch the whole fucking thing. I promise you. Oh, I don't like basketball. I don't care about it. Fucking watch it. You might, you, you'll <laughs> learn something, and it's, it's got drama. It's got everything. I highly recommend it, everybody. It's fantastic. And we're talking about, like, one of the most iconic figures 
in sports history ever. I don't care if you fucking care about boxing. I don't care if you've ever watched a boxing match your entire life. Muhammad Ali has an amazing life story, an amazing life story. And so does Michael Jordan. So I would highly recommend watching The Last Dance. July 19th, it's going to hit Netflix. Put it in your calendar. Watch it. I also uh, saw Mythic Quest Quarantine. This is a single episode that dropped on Apple TV. Um, they just did a, a cute uh, kind of episode here um, with uh, all the characters from Mythic Quest. And it's it, it's it's Rob McElhenney's show. Uh, Rob McElhenney from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And... Uh, in the show, they've they've made this multi-massive uh, online game where kind of like a World of Warcraft type game. And there's drama in the office and there's a lot of comedy and stuff like that. And um, you get reacquainted with the characters and, and you find out that Poppy, um, she's been removing – there's they they were gonna at the end of the season the this the, they were gonna have um uh the the first season was called mythic quest raven's banquet and i think the second season was going to be called mythic quest blood ocean and blood ocean was going to be a disease that they were going to release upon people in the game oh shit yes <laughs> poppy actually says like we didn't think it was smart to release a game with a spreading disease during a global pandemic. <laughs> so like this whole time she's been removing blood ocean shit from the game. Um, it was very funny. Uh, Danny Pudi was fantastic in this episode and like kind of like uh, the interactions that he had with the character making bets and stuff like that. And the, the whole street fighter thing. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But at the end of the episode, it ended on a serious fucking note where it actually addresses the quarantine and Poppy is super depressed and crying and Rob McElhenney shows up and like they have a moment and it's it's a friendship moment and it's fucking beautiful and I, I know a lot of people might be going through this right now with this fucking quarantine and so like this it really fucking like for a show that's so funny it really had a great message at the end of this one. And I high, like, if you watch this show, I highly recommend this. Um, I, I think that this was definitely worthy of them coming out with an, with this episode because it, it left such a fucking great message of like, we need to be there for each other even now. Like, you know, like there's some people that are just like not taking this quarantine well and they're like super depressed and shit. And like you could be that difference. You could be that person that fucking makes a difference in their lives right now. And it was a beautiful fucking message and a wonderful episode. It made you laugh, made you cry. Yeah, I'll be honest. I cried a little bit. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful fucking episode. Love Rob McElhenney and what they're doing over there in that show. It's fucking great. So I Tupperware the fuck out of that episode. Absolutely loved it. Um, what the fuck? I got one more thing to talk about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off to one of you guys. Neil, do you have anything for personal good pop, bad pop? Yeah, I got something. Um, <clears throat> so I found another um, crafting reality competition show on Netflix. It's called um, Let's see, what the fuck is it called? The Big Flower Fight or something? Well, hang on, I'm looking this up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the big flower fight. It's, a flower, um, as, a, as in the plant, or as in the yes. baking? No, the plant. Okay, it's a uh, ten pairs of florists, sculptors, and garden designers face off in a friendly floral fight to see who can build the biggest, boldest garden sculptures. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, so, you're, you're, 
You're watching this? Oh, I fucking I watched all eight episodes. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a, it's a reality. Oh God, you're gonna get into it. I know you're gonna break it down, but it's a, it's a reality show where they're making like floral designs. They're making like giant uh, floral structures. Um, so, like in the first episode, they're building these humongous, like ten foot tall insects. Um, there's they have like steel frames that they have to put the flowers in. They have to use different <laughs> kinds of flowers and shit each each episode and make different things. Um, like the second episode, they have to build uh, a piece of clothing that it has flowers in it. Um, <laughs> they make one that's uh, there's one episode where they make. Uh, grass beasts so they're making these different beasts out of different kinds of grasses and whatnot um well hold on who this so the people that like the producers and like the the creators of this show they were like they're like okay how how are we going to do this okay uh insects for the first one flower insects and then they're just they got to be running out of ideas when they're like grass beasts it's pretty fucking fascinating, actually. And some of the artistry in this is just fantastic. I mean, it's really – I could never do this shit. It's fucking nuts what they build. Um, there's some a bunch of weirdo artists that are the, that are the competitors. And there's a father-son team where he's he's a gardener. Um, the father is. And, and him and his son are bonding through doing this. And it's they're super adorable and really nice. Um one of the hosts is uh, Natasha Dimitriou, who is Nadia on the What We Do in the Shadows show. Um, the camera, work, the camera work itself is just really, really good to show off all the different sides of this stuff. Um, I'm going to give it a high taste. I really, really enjoyed watching this. It's another one of those feel-good, um, just nice shows where you get to see some creative people building amazing. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. It's only eight episodes. It's on Netflix. It's one of those things. It's just really fun. Oh, my. What's it called? The Big Flower Fight. <laughs> <laughs> have you, hey, Neil, have you watched Making It? I feel yes. Like, oh, yeah. I was going to say, I if you're it. watching these obscure ones, you should definitely be watching that. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh, yeah, I think I, uh, on a previous episode, I reviewed one where it was glass blowing. Uh, yeah. I feel like – I honestly, I feel like these – Shows don't exist in our universe, and Neil is like in a <laughs> in an alternate universe where like another dimension where like these shows I've never heard of these shows. It's so weird. The big flower fight. It's great. I mean, it's 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 people. It's set. It's uh, takes place in England, uh, but there's Americans and Canadians and English people all yeah. and Dutch people all mixed in. It, it's 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 really fun and nice and just. Lighthearted and really, really creative people doing crazy stuff with you flowers watch and other the, kinds of plants. You watch the nicest shows. I, I feel like there's like there's like there's like a there's got to be a like a balance. I feel like you probably watch some really dark shit, and oh, yeah. then and then you're just like, I need a palate cleanser. I just yeah. watched. I just watched some really dark porn and this guy shit in a woman's <laughs> mouth and like I've got now I've got to watch the big flower fight on Netflix. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, that's about how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. You got anything else other than the big flower fight? 
I've just been doing a lot of rewatches of of older shows like Bones and Supernatural. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, I don't really need to review those. So <laughs> right on. No, yeah, I've been doing the Family Matters thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every, like like you know maybe an episode or two every week. What was the last one I saw? Oh, there was a, they did the. Oh my God, they did Romeo and Juliet, and the <laughs> guy that was going to play Romeo couldn't do it for one reason or another. Got sick or something. I don't know. Um, and then so they cast uh, Urkel. As Romeo, I guess he was the understudy. Oh, Jesus. And there's the scene, and, and Laura is Juliet, and there's a scene where they kiss. And oh my God, when she fucking kisses Urkel for the first time, it is the funniest shit ever. I had to rewind it. It was so fucking hilarious. <laughs> the noise that comes out of fucking his, uh, Julia White's mouth, he goes, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> he was like, wowie, yowie, or something. It was so ridiculous. And he ends up fucking destroying the entire set. Like, knocking shit over, and it was just so fucking hilarious. His physical comedy. From the power of the one kiss? From the power of the one kiss, he, like, moves his body in such a way and starts knocking shit over, and the whole set kind of, like, falls over and collapses and everything. Um, but it was funny as shit. Oh, my God, it's so funny. That show is so ridiculously funny. Anyway, Stargirl. Uh, oh, actually, before I jump into Stargirl, Willie, did you have anything for personal good pop, bad pop? I know you probably have. What was that? What was that? What was that Bruce Willis movie? I know you got that. Yeah, oh, no, Surviving the Night. It was a freaking magical gem. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I can go over that now if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, talk to me. I, oh my god, this is hilarious. I love it when I do. I every once in a while I'll do this where there'll be a movie that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch that, and then I send it out to everybody that I'm gonna watch it, and then I never end up watching it. I did it. To, I've did done it to me before. Too. I've done it to you. I've done it to the shy before, and now I did it to Willie. Yeah. No, that's that. That's good. No, listen, I, you can't. I mean, I was freaking excited because I looked at the movie poster. And I'm like, oh, Bruce Willis, he's got a freaking badge. Like, that's special. That's different, right? Never seen that before. <laughs> oh, my God. Bro, I thought we were going to talk about this movie for 30 minutes tonight because this is so mystery science theater. You can rip this thing apart for hours, which I won't do. But uh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Bruce Willis, I cannot believe his agent is not fired or has not been fired for like 10 years now because for him to be in this – I mean, I, I I I don't even have words for it. He's been doing a lot of straight to, no, no, to video this shit. This is different. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is different. This is two guy, three guys are 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 in a gunfight, and the camera work is so weird because this one guy that looks like Maui, not not Jake's cat, but uh, Maui from Moana. <laughs> It's is is fighting against what looks like Jason Siegel if he made some bad life decisions and then ended up in prison. And um him and Maui are in a gunfight with the third guy, Jason Siegel's partner. They're, they're the villains. And the 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 fighting is just between Maui and Jason Siegel. Maui and Jason Siegel. And all of a sudden the third guy just gets shot in the leg. He's like, ah, oh, and he falls down, and the crying is so bad. Um, the, 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 the bad guys there, there's no words for this, man. No, the acting is bad. 
is bad. These people, like, like the bad guys are like, oh, I can't believe we did this. I can't believe we did this. Next thing you know, they're like shooting some uh, a, a pregnant woman in the face. Uh, it, it's it's there, there's no spoilers here because there's no reason to see this. In fact, <laughs> if you spoil this for everybody, you're doing the, the world a favor. They, they, don't toss this. Like, fucking burn this shit alive, dude. Like, I can't. Halfway through watching this, I'm like, my daughter is staring at me like, what's this podcast you're, you're going to be on? Because it was just, it was, I, 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 I have no word. You should watch it. I think I'll be watching the big flower fight before I watch Survive the Night. Oh, no, but this is good. This is good. This makes you feel like you can go out and do a movie. <laughs> you think Bruce Willis may be his own agent at this point? Bruce Willis, there's one scene where Bruce Willis, uh, I was a little surprised by him in like the first 15 minutes because I'm like, oh, he's not playing Bruce Willis. He was actually playing uh, Clint Eastwood from uh, from El Camino because he's old and grouchy and he has like a challenger instead. But then his wife, El Camino, do you mean Gran Torino? Oh, yeah, that same shit. But um, <laughs> tomato, 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 El Camino, Gran Torino, potato, potato. But then he's talking to his wife and Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis sheds a tear with what his wife's saying. And, you know, it's not real because you're like, OK, this guy hasn't shed a tear in 25 years of, uh, or 30 years of acting. It, it, he put some water in his face, but it's separate. But then his wife, you know, something happens and he's like, oh, no, not even crying. There's no it's like I, I guess he just got tired of being on set. And the whole movie, nobody wants to be on set. <laughs> the entire film, you could roast this with your friends. For, in fact, you know what? I recommend you watch this. Roast this shit with your friends. Get fucking trashed. I, 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 it's, it's six ninety nine to rent right now. Wait until this one fucking shows up on a service. I, it will for free. Yeah. Wait until it's on fucking Tubi. <laughs> for free. No, you might actually get, if, if you wait long enough, they might actually pay you to watch this shit. You might get a coupon. <laughs> yeah. It's going to, it's a, they're going to, the next round of stimulus checks will come with, come out with a digital code for this fucking movie. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Cool. I, I watched, uh, did anybody get a chance to watch Stargirl on DC Universe or CW by any chance? Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Yeah, this is uh, one decade after the Justice Society of America died in a battle against the Injustice Society. High school sophomore Courtney Whitmore discovers the powerful cosmic staff. And upon learning that her stepfather, Pat Dugan, used to be the sidekick to Starman, becomes the inspiration for a whole new generation of superheroes. This is... Uh, Created by Jeff Johns, stars uh, Breck Basinger. Any relation to uh, Kim? Doubt it. Possibly. Doubt. Why would she take her? Why would she take her mom's last name? Oh, that's that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. It's spelled differently too. Oh, is it spelled differently? Is it is, yeah. it, is it the two S's? Yeah. She so so Kim only has a single S. I think so. Oh, I'd look it up, man. Yeah. Look that shit up. Um, yep, yep. One S. Oh, Neil. Holy <laughs> shit. There you go. I'm impressed. Um, yeah, the first episode, uh, yeah, you got Luke Wilson in here who plays uh, Stripesy. 
who's uh, a sidekick for Starman, the original Starman, played by Joel McHale. And he fucking, nice. the, the Injustice Society kills him and the rest of the Justice Society. And then Stripes, he goes into hiding and, and then all of a sudden the Cosmic Staff talks to, talks to Courtney Whitmore. She becomes Stargirl. And, uh, honestly, like, I, I fucking, I loved the, the beginning of this. I loved the battle between the Justice Society of America and the Injustice Society. I thought the special effects looked really fun. And it looked like the battle that they had was really fun. Um, the stuff in the middle is kind of like, I don't know, too teeny bop bullshit, I guess. I don't know. And then the, the main actor, it got me, it, it took me a while to get used to her face. She looks like a, Cabbage Patch Kid come to life. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> she does. She just looks like a Cabbage Patch Kid. Like, and so it took me a while to get used to her face. Um, but then at the end, I, at the end, I, I kind of like got into the series a little bit more. I'll give it a high taste overall. I like, I, I tupper with the beginning, tupper with the end. It's the stuff in the middle that I kind of taste. And so it evens out as a high taste it, but I was really impressed by kind of like the special effects and, and everything. I, I watched this one on DC universe. I don't know if they made any changes to it when they aired it on the CW network, but, um, overall I, I liked it. It's something I'll continue to watch at least for another couple episodes and see if I, if it holds my interest. But, um, man, I honestly, it just made me want a, a show with the original justice society of America and the injustice society battling each other. I, I could kind of like, you don't really have to throw the whole star girl, star girl thing into this whole thing. I don't need the, you know, them passing the torch to like, you know, the daughter I could, I could get a whole show out of just watching the original Justice Society of America, the JSA, battling the Injustice Society. That would be cool because the battles were fucking awesome. But what do you think, Willie? Um, I I liked it. Um, I, I I've definitely gone through the whole phases with my kid with Supergirl and Arrow and Flash and everything. Um. I will say that that the, even the I like the beginning because even though with with that battle and everything without getting into details, um, it was fun. I like that you use that word because it knows what it is, um, and it's still better effects than Ghostbusters 2016. Um, it knows what it is. There's a roll call that's kind of cute where you hear like, "Oh, it's Straw Man. Oh, it's Our Man. Oh, it's this," and then you know, "Oh, it's Brainwave." And it's like oh, yeah, the movie knows what it is. The show knows what it is. I I see kind of the CW tropes through it where it's like I, I can't help but think of Supergirl when I'm watching this in some ways. Like, and one, one thing that I don't like that CW does is everybody ends up becoming a superhero. So I can't help that middle part that you're talking about. And this doesn't spoil anything, but there's a part where she sits with a bunch of, you know, the losers. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, over or under – how many seasons till they're all the superheroes? That table right there. It's it's like, is it one season? Is it two? Is it? But I like that um, the level of cheese that normally, normally comes with superhero fights with the CW that sometimes you have to kind of get through and just deal with, especially with Supergirl. It, the final fight was nice because it didn't have like a really heavy amount of cheese that was a little bit, but not too much. 
and and it was nice. It wasn't it wasn't too 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 heavy. It was like okay, less is more. It was in a dark spot. That's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I'll watch it again. I'm just I I'm wondering to see when you know when it goes off the rails. But uh, yeah, I'll give yeah. it. A, I'll give it a. Uh, you, you taste it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll give what are, did I did I rate it? I think you gave it a high taste. Yeah, you gave it a high taste. Yeah, I gave it a high taste. Didn't I? Amy Amy Smart Amy Smart's in this. Uh, remember Amy Smart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Amy Smart's in this. She plays the mom. She plays the mom. Dayton Luke Wilson in this. Luke Wilson plays a stepdad. They move to fucking this 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 town. They move to it's like fucking Mayberry out of fucking Andy Griffith. It's fucking you know in that town a little weird. Didn't you want to? Yes, it was like yes. it was like fucking Pleasantville. A hundred percent. Did you want to punch the little brother in the face at any point? Oh the oh the little brother. Oh my god, he's just. Uh, bursting with personality, wasn't that little fucking kid? He was. He, oh. he was. He was. He was bursting with so much personality that you wanted to fucking slap him. No, he thought he was in The Sopranos. Oh, did, did they have a pier there? And and the guy's like, no, it's Nebraska. He's like, oh, forget about that. And I'm like, what the fuck? You don't have a phone? You can't Google Nebraska and see that's in the middle of the country? It's oh, the kid was so obnoxious. Oh my god. Every time I was on there, it's like a cat was scratching my fucking eye. It's crazy how many. <laughs> it's crazy like how many hate tweets I read that you sent the actor that played that character on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, why? I was like, I can't believe Willie's attacking a child right now on Twitter. This yeah, is it's a real toxic <laughs> fandom. Bro. I was super <laughs> toxic. He's in the next one. He's uh, he's fine. He's in no spoilers. He's in the next one. Fuck, but then I went back and I looked at all the. Fu- he hated the Last Jedi, and I saw all the fucking toxic fucking bullshit that he sent Ryan Johnson. I was like, oh, it makes sense. It was one comment, and that's that's enough. All right, <laughs> dude. He was fucking. He was tweeting uh, the the fucking the. Uh, he was fucking tweeting Sandy Duncan for her fucking like Trisket fucking commercials that she did back in like 1980, saying she fucking sucked. That's harsh. That was fucking weird. Was it Trisket? Was it Trisket or was it something else? She was she was doing a cracker, wasn't she? Wheat th- wheat thins. It was wheat thins. <laughs> she was all about wheat thins. It's weird. Isn't it weird? Like all the spokespeople that they had for shit back in the day. Who was uh? Who did they have? It was fucking uh, um, Lauren Green did did Alpo commercials. That is very bizarre. Yeah, the Bonanza guy. And then what was it? What was it? What was the the mother from Brady Bunch? What was her name? Florence Henderson. Remember her? Oh, that, that was Florence Henderson. Was the uh, the maid? Was Alice right? No, or Florence Florence Henderson was the mom. Oh, she was? Oh, okay. Yeah, she was. She was. Jesus Christ, Willie, you're not going to be our Jamie, I'll tell you that much. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, Florence Henderson, she used to do the Wesson Oil commercials. That I didn't know. Yeah, Wesson Oil. Do you ever think, do you think her and her husband got freaky with Wesson Oil in the bedroom? I mean, when you get that much free oil for doing that. I guarantee shit, you. you I have to. Totally. I guarantee you, dude. They were fucking like, they had plastic sheets down and she was doing a slip and slide all over his body and he was doing the same with her. I was going <laughs> to say slip and slide as well. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. What do you think, Neil? You think Florence Henderson was getting freaky with some Wesson oil in the bedroom? Oh, for sure. Uh, there's no way she wasn't. Do you think she fucked Greg? You've heard the rumors, haven't you? You've heard the rumors that they went on in a date? Yeah, hmm. probably. 
higher than a fifty percent chance. Well, yeah. like I watched the what was it the Brady doc? No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a documentary. It was a uh, what do you call it? a biopic series? A bio series? What do you call it? And it was that it was that fucking made for TV movie where it was the behind the scenes shit. Like wasn't Greg was fucking Marsha. You know what I mean? But then like Greg hit, Greg had the hots for Florence Henderson and like they went on a date and like the sh- the movie made it seem like it was all like, like uh, she was just entertaining like, you know, Greg and like, yeah, we're going to, oh yeah, here's, a, here's your little date. Yeah, here's your little date. I don't know, man. I don't know. Part of me thinks that maybe Greg banked Florence Henderson. <laughs> I, it's definitely a possibility. Greater than 50% in my opinion. What was his name? Barry... Williams. Barry Williams. I was like, I knew Manilow wasn't right. I knew Barry White wasn't right. <laughs> Barry Williams. <laughs> e, uh, Eve Plum. Eve Plum. That's Jan. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Now I'm just trying to name all the, is it, is it, is it Bobby, Bobby, what was Bobby's name? Chris. <laughs> It's uh, Christopher Knight. Christopher Knight played uh, Peter. Peter. And then my, Bobby was uh, Mike Looking Lad. Mike Looking Lad, yeah. Who was Cindy? Marine Marine McCormick was uh, was uh, Marsha. Susan Olson was our Susan Olson was Cindy. Yeah. Did you know that they switched out Cindy's when they did one of the TV movies? They brought in a fake Cindy one time. Did she not have a very meaty role in that story? I don't remember. It was kind of like the whole, like, let's replace the Becky on uh, Roseanne when they brought in a different uh, Becky. The old Becky swap. The old, the old Becky swap is what they called it. <laughs> the old- <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? That was the technical term. That was the technical term. That's the, that's the Hollywood term. That's what they called it in Hollywood back then. Let's jump into the pop culture leftover. Let's take a fucking break. This is stupid. <laughs> Solid oh, plan. Good. Let's take a quick break. Fucking regroup. Hopefully come back with something interesting to say. <laughs> literally, literally, literally at the last like few minutes, you were just listening to me struggle trying to remember the names of the actors from the Brady Bunch. What's the con? Can we try to remember the cast up when we come back? <laughs> Fucking terrible. <laughs> All right, let's remember who was on Silver Spoon when we come back from this break. Let's say it started off with. See, here's the thing. I took it as a challenge when I said Florence Henderson, and Willie was like, "No, that was that was Alice the Maid." <laughs> and I, I took I took it as a challenge to just like. No, but my second my second choice was Anna B. Davis, and I, I just. Got him confused. Oh, you you just fucking Googled that shit, oh, you I'm, fucking... I'm on IMDb right now. You fucking liar. You fucking... The, you I am... Florence Henderson, I knew you were right. Yeah. Because I'm so familiar with her because she's been in so many, like, parody movies and television shows. She was in the Amish Paradise video with Weird Al. Like, I, she's probably who I'm most familiar with in that that's why you, That's why you're my co-host and not Willie, because Willie would just be like, yeah, Florence Henderson was the maid. Well, you the know maid. what? Fuck off, because guess what? I'm on Silver Spoon's IMDb right now. When we get back, I'll know everybody, okay? <laughs> Rick, All I know is Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh, I knew that, too. 
you know Aaron Gray played Kate Summers, right? Fucking a Aaron Gray. I yeah, she it. played Kate Summers. Oh, I remember. I remember Aaron Gray. She was the assistant to his father that owned a toy company and they had a little fucking choo-choo train in the house and he had all the arcade machines. He was like fucking Tom Hanks and big, but like an adult and he had all the fucking toys in his house. Like, yeah, I was so jealous of that train. Oh, I was too. That fucking train. Did you guys know that Aaron Gray was in 116 episodes between 1982 and 87? Oh God! Did you know that? That's you, exactly how many I would have guessed. I, I would have guessed. Yeah. You're just you're just an IMDb whore. You you are just an IMDb whore. This is all the stuff, all the knowledge that we pull, Jake. Me and you. It's all off the top of. It's all off our brains. It's brain power. And we're not we, a fucking IMD bag. Yeah, IMD bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm man. Gonna, I'm gonna go make a drink. You need make a couple. Yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to come back and regroup. <laughs> you're, you're you're fucking up, Willie. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, we'll be, you're doing, you're doing fine. You're doing just fine. And fine is what we strive for here at PCL. So we'll be right. Oh yeah. That's the blue ribbon model of PCL. <laughs> we will be right back. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes. That's what it's going to make. Bacon pancakes. Hey, welcome back. Um, Oh, I got a few teases here. Got a few teases. I recorded an episode with Ryan Drost and um, Chuck over at Star Joe's, and that's going to be either dropping uh, today, which is Saturday, the day that we're recording, or Sunday. So listen to the new episode of Star Joe's. We talk about our top five favorite animated shows from when we were children. Oh, that's a fun countdown. Yeah, so he's working. Ryan is working on editing that uh, podcast right now. Hopefully it'll be out within the next couple days. I had a blast talking with those guys. Uh, I'm going to be recording with Scenic Cast tomorrow. So get ready for their new episode. We're going to be talking about the Lovebirds, uh, The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, and uh, Mortal Kombat from 1995. <laughs> so what an awesome list I, you know i never saw the remake of the thing never uh, bothered oh oh the, the 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 john carpenters actually is a remake yeah oh well the remake of the remake Ex- yes i know exactly what you're saying i just want i i, I was just trying to be all like mr fucking uh f- snooty film guy <laughs> actually, it worked yeah didn't it? um and then and then we might have a bonus episode coming out within the next few weeks uh working on getting an interview with uh Jaws 45th anniversary is coming up the movie Jaws Steven Spielberg's Jaws and the 45th anniversary 
anniversary is this year. And, uh, looks like I might be interviewing, uh, we were gonna originally interview the screenwriter and we couldn't get him. And it looks like we are gonna be interviewing next week. I don't know when we're gonna drop the episode, but, uh, the gentleman that designed the mechanical sharks for Jaws. Bruce. Bruce. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And then, and then, and then I might have some Jaws prize packs to give out to listeners. And so I'm working on a contest on how we're going to, how we're going to do that. I don't know if it, I don't know if the, Jake, is is it a collector's edition Jaws? Is it a 45th anniversary? I don't know. It's it's a prize pack. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a few new bonus features on there. Um, it's worth it just for the movie alone. Um, Jaws has one of the, best remasters i've seen on an old movie to hd like just done they really did a great um, restoration job on that film yeah oh go ahead you know what's a great question to ask him looking back are you are you happy your shark didn't work yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean yeah yeah, i i I think he's gotta be you have to if not nobody would remember the movie it would be in and out yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I heard an echo. I'm hearing an echo. Hearing an echo. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard it is. I'm hearing an echo. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> hoping if I yell really loud, it'll go away. <laughs> Either that, or we'll get it louder. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's time for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's the leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. <laughs> this news is from Dark Horizons. Movie Pass is going uh, for cheap at auction. You guys hear about this? <laughs> Fucking no, I did not. Yeah, there's, I, I might bid. <laughs> there's, gonna, there's a telephone auction taking place on June 25th, and uh, the article says it's been beaten, broken, and burned. Now the ashes of what's left of the movie ticket subscription <laughs> service Movie Pass are being sold off, and could be anyone's for as low as two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. A quarter wow. of a mil. That's it. Yeah. Wow. What do you even get for that money? Nothing. Uh, yeah. They they said uh, a court overseeing the sale of Movie Pass's assets has set June 18th as the deadline for interested bidders. Movie Pass parent Helios and Matheson Analytics filed for Chapter Seven liquidation in January, and at the time listed the estimated value of assets at between one million to ten million. That was before it was revealed that none of the personal, uh, personal identifiable information on former MoviePass customers, including email addresses, will be part of the bankruptcy cell. Arguably the most valuable piece of data from the new, now defunct service. So, uh, what's left? According to the court documents, there's the company's proprietary software and mobile app coding, the official website and services, some sample polling anal- analysis with selective operating metrics, five domain names, including moviepass.com, trademarks, and a trio of patents. So, uh, I think, and they bought movie phone. I remember that. They bought, that was like one of their last ditch efforts. They bought movie <laughs> phone, which nobody fucking uses. And I guess basically over the past few years, it was just a website that people went to and maybe reviewed movies. I don't know. Fucking stupid. But, uh, yeah. 250k movie pass could be yours. Let's start. I bet they throw in like two Bruce Willis movies and a handful of plastic cards too. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Jake, let's start a GoFundMe. Let's buy movie pass. 
Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Can we rename it Movie Ass? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, yeah. We could make. We could. We could compete with Pornhub at that point. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I like it. Oh my god. In this week's what the fuck news, this news comes from Dark Horizons as well. I, you know, and, and I, I I do a lot of Dark Horizons articles, and it's, the reason is I Garth Franklin, the guy that runs the site, I just like the way he breaks shit down. To be quite honest with you, like another outlet could break it, but I think like if if I go to those other outlets like Deadline and and I think Variety's terrible, like uh, like they have they break a lot of stories, but my God, just reading what they write is just boring as shit. I think Garth Franklin over at fucking Dark Horizons just is, does a great job at breaking shit down. But anyway, that's just, I don't know if I explained all of that. <laughs> anyway, because you did two Dark Horizons in a row, maybe you felt. That- yeah, I do a lot of Dark Horizons, and I, I just like the way that Garth Franklin writes. He just makes shit more exciting. I don't. Sometimes I don't want to go to the original fucking you know whatever outlet fucking broke it first because they bore the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> Garth Franklin keeps it real. Um, first revealed by page six and sub, uh, subsequently confirmed by people. Actress Tara Reid is reportedly in talks to play Carol Baskin in the upcoming live action narrative feature adaptation of the Netflix documentary series Tiger King. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, I did see this article. No, I'm happy she's still alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her manager and business partner, Felipe Ashfield, says, the Sharknado and Josie the Pussycats actress. Just in case you forgot she was in that movie, he had to throw that out there for you. Is being is being considered by the producers of the Tiger King production, and can't say much other than that for the time being. Uh, he adds that Reed is a fan of the docu series and feels and, and quote feels she could get into the character of Carol Baskin very well. Of course, he says that. I don't know. I don't Tara Reed. So. Is this the same Nicolas Cage thing? Well, Tara Nicolas Cage was born for the part because he's been playing the part for like the last 30 years. Tara Reed's got to gain like 50 pounds to play this other girl. Because she's like crap. She's like meth head skinny, right? Uh, You don't have to. I mean, like fucking did did Tom Hanks look 100% like Mr. Rogers? And I'm not comparing like his performance. (laughs) No, but but everyone just everyone but me except for me everyone saw tiger king recently so it's fresh in your minds tara reed looks like a skeleton uh, I, I don't know do, do, do we is she's gonna she's not gonna do a good job anyway right no i no. mean it's basically another sharknado it's like a train wreck yeah it's no one's gonna care what happened to kate mckinnon isn't there like a different? There has one that's to be. There, how many? How many fucking Tiger King things are coming out? All oh, Tiger unlimited. King. I still haven't seen the freaking documentary. And wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't uh, Rob Lowe talking with somebody about making a Tiger King movie or something? He really wants to play Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> he posted posted a bunch of pictures on uh, his social media. So what weird. a weird thing to campaign for. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. Terror Raid. Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that movie, ugh, it sounds like a straight-to-sci-fi channel movie, basically, <laughs> with casting like that. Uh, what did you guys think about this news that Tom Hanks' movie Greyhound, this World War II battleship drama, is going to go straight to Apple TV? 
yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to read what that means with the current environment. If that means they thought it was a flop, or if it's just we have to put it out now, or we're going to lose too much money on this thing. I don't know. God, I, I really wanted to see this in the theater. I thought the trailer looked fantastic. I, I think that the question of if it's going to be a flop or not, or if they're going to lose too much money, if there's already been too much ad, I mean, this is just obviously this is just guessing. If there's already been too much advertising for it, too many commercials, now you're going to delay it and have to do that whole media run again. Then it may not be worth it compared to what they think. They just like, came out with the one trailer, though. This was not like Mulan, oh, which no, was no. getting That's ready to saying. launch in a I week. I think maybe they didn't have too many eggs in this basket because you're right. This is one trailer. No Time to Die is going to make money no matter what. You could release that whatever year you want, even though it's been delayed enough. But, I mean, they did a lot of commercials for that already, and they had to delay that. Mid, uh, the Tom Hanks one, Greyhound, there hasn't been that much advertising. If they were really excited about it and what it was going to do in the theater, I think they could have delayed it. If not, somebody you know up and upstairs fucked up. Because there's no reason you should stream this when, when like, what you're saying, it, this is a theater experience movie. You watch the trailer, the trailer, you're like, shit, I want to see this in IMAX. Yeah, they're paying off the budget. It, it was $50 million, and it looks like the the rumor is that uh, Apple paid $70 million, So I don't know. I just think, like, Tom Hanks is such a big name. Uh, maybe they're just worried about attendance, theater attendance, and... I don't know. It just seems yep. weird. I just, I'm upset that I won't get to see this one in the theater. It just seems like it, World War II movies, Battleship, just seems like it's made for the theater. This is the world we live in, though. Everything's fucking going to shit. It is. But, yeah. <laughs> but like what you said, World War II movies, it's not based on something that's like the, the, the theme of the week. It, it's, it's fucking World War II. You could play this movie three years from now, it's still relevant. It's, it's still going to get, you know, it, it, there's no rush to play this. Yeah. DC news. Um, they're going to be uh, quick news. This comes from THR's Heat Vision newsletter. Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is being re-released in select cinemas around the world in June. Uh, it's going to be in Hong Kong and Taiwan. Fuck, are we? We're not going to get it in the U.S. I don't know. Hmm. Would you guys? Would you guys go see? The Dark Knight show. I know. Yeah. Hey, well, I'm going to go see them all except for the third one. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. I, Jake, I know that's what's coming out of your fucking little dirty mouth. You no, know, I probably just wouldn't go see any of them, to yeah. be honest with you. I, I saw them all in the theater. That's good enough for me. I, yeah. I don't hate these movies by any means, but I don't know. I, I'm good on going to see changing aspect ratio movies in the theater. Uh, I... Yeah, it's the same here. I, I I love Marvel as much as I love DC. I grew up with both. Um, I will go see this trilogy again in the theater in a heartbeat just to relive it. I have two freaking shelves with nothing but Dark Knight trilogy stuff on it. I I am a freaking fan of this trilogy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love them in the theater. I probably would want to see them too. And I... I know it's blasphemy, but my God, I, I'm weird. I'm weird because I love the new Jurassic World movies and people think I'm fucking nuts. Um, I love my favorite out of the Dark Knight trilogy is fucking 
The Dark Knight Rises, the third film. And I've said it before, and people think I'm crazy, but it's my favorite. And me and Matt Kirby have actually talked about this in the past. And it's his favorite as well. And Matt Kirby sent me a video of, um, oh God, and it's fucking beautiful. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the music. It's the music from, uh, Rocky Four, the montage music, and he uses it with the, the training montage that happens in, uh, in, in The Dark Knight Rises, where he's like training to get out of the fucking pit, and it is fucking beautiful. Matt Kirby, yes. Matt Kirby is like my fucking, he's like, you know, like he's my Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> guy that like he he loves not only do you like it but it's your favorite of the three yes that's that's wild yes <laughs> i jake i've told you this i've and this is my explanation for it i'm not just gonna sit here and say oh it's my favorite i'm gonna give you a fucking reason why it's my favorite i love underdog stories i always have i've loved bad news bears movies i fucking love the rocky movies i love uh fucking i love all underdog stories i love it when like the fuck Digstown, fucking Digstown, that boxing movie with uh lewis gossett jr i love fucking movies where like you got somebody like either they're inexperienced uh, they don't have any talent but they work at it or they're like over the hill and they're past their prime and they fucking and they fucking work hard and they fucking succeed. I love underdog stories. I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. I'm just going to admit it. I'm a sucker for underdog stories. And fucking The Dark Knight Rises, he's the fucking underdog. Bane is the new fucking Bane is the new shit. And he fucking he, uh, he's got the back injury and and he's all fucked up in that pit, but he overcomes. He overcomes. And he takes back Gotham. And I fuck, I fucking love it because of that, man. And there's something, there's something about, too, about that scene where like, you know, he's been retired for so long, but he finally puts the bat suit back on. He gets back on the bat cycle and they fucking, they, they play that music as he's fucking going into, into traffic on the bat cycle. And like the, the new rookie cops have never seen him before. And they're, la- you know, like they're, they're, ju- they shoot at him and they, and it, it, the bullets just deflect and they, they feel like, they feel stupid. They feel dumb. They feel dumb for trying to shoot Batman. Like, like really? A bullet? Batman? Come on. Fuck off. I love The Dark Knight Rises. I know. I don't give a fuck. I love it. I think it's great. Wait, wait, wait. You can ask me, depending what day it is, one of those movies in the trilogy are my favorite. And there's plenty. It is The Dark Knight Rises. And I'll back you up on this. The balls it took for Christopher Nolan after the Dark Knight crossed a billion dollars and opened up the doorways for Marvel and DC to make whatever they wanted after that. The balls it took for the third installment, not to be just more Dark Knight, but to really wrap it up being a story about Bruce Wayne and him ending his journey. That takes balls. You always, every, every studio, every director, when a movie crosses a certain mark, like Dark Knight did, oh, let's just give them more. Let's just give them more. Escalation. Let's just give them more. To turn it around and make the movie about Bruce Wayne and his comeback and all of that. Like, it, that movie's like War and Peace. They were, they were forced to. I mean, Heath Ledger passed away. No, I, I, you he know, did. He did. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is like, whatever story they came up with, like, they were kind of forced to do that because I think, you know, Jake, you'll agree with me. They had more plans for Heath Ledger to come back in that third film. 
Oh yeah, we know it for a fact. Like we we saw pieces that were cut out of screenplays that kind of say as much. Yeah. No, they, they were, but still, the the what the the route they, they took, and yes, Heath Ledger was supposed to be in part three, but the route they took, I love that they focused on it was the end of Bruce Wayne's journey. Yeah, this trilogy was always about Bruce Wayne. It was never about Batman. Batman Begins. It was about him finding a way to 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 just put his demons in one place and then really figure out who he is. Part three was exercising the demons. Him jumping and, and, and finally grasping fear and embracing fear, which is what made him do that jump without the the, uh, the rope. He, he was being reborn, and, and it, he killed his villain. He killed his demons at the end of it's it's, fu- it's, fucking, it's fucking classic Rocky. It's, 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 because it's 100%. like Rocky, Rocky, what, what made Rocky, Rocky? It was like he was poor. He was, li- you know, he was a fucking, he was a fucking, uh, um, he 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 fucking collected money for like the mob. He was a, a bruiser, you know what I mean. And like, but he had like this drive in him because he was poor. He wanted to make something of himself, and then like then became then he became all rich and shit, and then he became relaxed. Yeah. And then what happens? He gets his ass handed to him, right? You know, Clubber Lang beats the shit out of him. Oh no! And, this this is Rocky Three all over the place. Rocky Three and Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Yeah, and so like he's got to get he's got to get his drive back, dude. I'm a sucker for that shit, Jake. I'm a sucker for that shit. I'm not gonna sit here and bullshit you and say like, like I understand, like I don't understand why everybody doesn't love this movie. All I know is like why I love it, and I'm a sucker for underdog stories. And like they get me if they're done right, they get me. Ip Ip Man, like I love Donnie Yen, but Ip Man Two is a 100% ripoff of Rocky Four. And I know that, but I fucking love it regardless. I love it regardless. It's they basically they've ripped off the entire storyline of Rocky Four and just inserted it into this movie about Bruce Lee's mentor. Like, like, but I love it because it's that classic underdog story that I love. Um, and I'm not trying to like, def- like I'm not trying to say like I'm right and. And the fans that hate The Dark Knight Rises are wrong. All I'm trying to say is that Hollywood, it's easy for Hollywood to make me like something when you give me a real, what I think is a really good story about an underdog, like, making it. Like, I love, I still love the Bad News Bears movies, you know? I mean, I just, I don't know. So I, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. Yeah, I get it. I, I get why you like the movie. I don't know. It just, to me, it's just, whew, it's about 40 minutes too long. The last half an hour is really excruciating to me. I think for all the balls they had to go the direction they went with it, it completely has no balls in the last 20 minutes of the movie. And I, it's just one of those movies that I saw it once. I never need to see it again. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I see. That's the thing is I can sit here like I and I get it. Like I can sit here and I can be passionate and I can talk about why I love it. But at the end of the day, I totally get it. Why people don't like it. <laughs> it's just like I am. My brain is wired for these underdog stories that just like I love them. I just love them. And that's to a fault, to be quite honest with you. Um, Let's see here. Oh, listen to this shit. 
this is from Dark Horizons. Masks, masks based on the design used by Tom Hardy's character Bane in 2012's The Dark Knight Rises have apparently become a hot commodity during the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it. Are you, are you shitting me? This I have, is I, true. I have, an, I have an N95 mask and the, 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 the band stripped. Uh, it, it broke off. I have. I'm not just making this up. I have it on my, on my Instagram. I, I posted it weeks ago, almost a month ago. I started to use my Bane mask to hold the N95 in place, and I was going to Target and Walmart and Publix wearing my Bane mask. Yeah, this is like this is a real thing. Like this has become a popular, a hot commodity during the coronavirus pandemic, with requirements enacted by state and local governments requiring residents to wear a mask when going outside for any task. Plastic adult Bane masks which are not approved by medical officials, are sold out on a number of costume sites. A spokesman for Costume.com said, quote, the adult mask had quite a sales spike in April and early May, uh, which is <laughs> which is unusual for this time of year. Uh, the costume, on the other hand, remains well in stock, and indicating customers were more interested in the mask only. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has gotten bad enough that the U.S. military has jokingly had to weigh in, saying that Bane masks were not an acceptable face covering during the pandemic. Kind of want to get myself a Bane face mask now. Yeah. <laughs> of the CDC announcement that the Bane mask is. Yeah. Get Dr. Fauci out there to tell us that the Bane mask will not work. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. The fucking world we live in right now. Jesus Christ. Neil, when's this shit going to end, dude? Uh, not for a while. I mean, we've only barely... We're, we've only got a taste of it so far. I mean, we got the first first wave. is seems like it's kind of crested. Um, but there's a second wave that's going to come and a third wave that's going to come. So yeah. it's going to be a while. And my, my boss, I, I got to talk to him a couple of days ago. Um, he's he's really, really worried that we're going to have to go out of business because oh, God. if, if uh, the third wave hits next spring, that means all the events are, will be canceled for next year, too. Yeah. And that's two years without work, and we just can't survive that. So, yeah, it's a pretty scary time. I mean, so even if they come out like with a vaccine – it's not like that vaccine will be like right even you know it, like it, it like like can you build up an immunity with the vaccine even with the second and third wave we don't know these things we have no idea yeah, yeah it's completely unknown virus it's all they're doing studies now on the vaccines and what yeah. the repercussions yeah last week we talked about the batman the the new matt reeves movie and we had Kevin Shanks on and I talked about how I expected, you know, Colin Farrell to have a big role in the film like it'll be a penguin movie. I was fucking wrong as shit because there were <laughs> dude, there were quotes that came out this week. He was talking with GMA News and he said, "I had only started it and I can't wait to get back. The creation of it, the aesthetic of the character has been fun and I really am so excited to get back and explore it and I haven't gotten that much I, and I haven't got that much to do I have a certain amount in the film I am not all over it by any means but there are a couple of uh, of some tasty scenes I have in it and my creation and I can't wait to get back yeah I, I totally feel like it is something that I have not had the opportunity to explore before it feels original and fun 
but I am only at the start of the journey, so I can't wait to get back and really get into it. So it sounds like they are using the penguin pretty sparingly in this movie, according to these quotes. I have no idea who's going to be the main villain of this movie. We we know that they've cast Zoe Kravitz as uh, Catwoman. We've got Paul Dano as Edward uh, Edward Nigma, <clears throat> the Riddler. John Turturro is going to be Carmine Falcone, and I mean, I guess I mean you know Peter Sarsgaard is going to be uh, Gotham District Attorney Gil Coulson. And then they've cast uh, Jamie Lawson as a mayoral candidate, Bella Real, in this. So Jeffrey Wright, too. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. And then, yeah. And Andy Serkis is playing Alfred, right? Uh, Andy Serkis is Alfred. But it's like, like who, so is our main, who's our main, who, at the end of the day, who's our main villain? Is it is it Paul Dano as the Riddler? I think so. I think it's the Riddler. Most likely. I, I'd kind of hope that the main villain isn't something that's going to be, like, readily available as a spoiler. Like, I, Matt Reeves may be going the route where who the main villain is is one of the surprises, spoilers of the movies, and I, I'd kind of prefer that. I wonder if, like, so in the trailer, like, in the trailer, are we going to get mostly, like, interactions between, you know, Bruce and Alfred, maybe a little bit of Bruce and Catwoman, um, and then, of course, they're going to tease, like, you know, uh, what we've already seen. They're, we're going to get a little bit of the Giacchino score. We're going to see the new Bat Cycle. We're going to get to see the new Batmobile um, in that first trailer. I, I don't know. I don't know how much they can hold on to, Jake, before they actually have thinking, to lift it. I was thinking they would use a Red Harry kind of to do this because we know there are multiple villains in, in the movie. Like, you could still show iconic, famous Batman villains in the trailer and build them in the movie and still hold it to your chest who the actual main villain of the movie is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could get, we could get, uh, we could get like a, a blend of like John Turturro as uh, Falcone. We could get, yeah. yeah. Show the Riddler, show the Penguin, show all these people, but still not like play your hand on like who the mastermind is. If so I had to guess. Have that detective Batman movie. If I had to guess, I think Zoe Kravitz is going to be a constant in all these movies. I think Catwoman will show up in a lot of these movies with Robert Pattinson yeah. if they continue to do these. Right? I agree. Yeah, I agree too. I, it sounds like Willie doesn't agree. <laughs> no, I think he's agree. I'm just against the idea. No, I agree. What I'm worried about is is just doing that too many villains. And it's funny because Batman Begins... You had a ton of villains. Yeah, but see, here's the but thing: just, it's we, we we literally just got Colin Farrell saying like they're using him sparingly, basically. You no, know? and I'm happy about that. Sure, I want them to take their time with this, make it where you can focus. You don't need one villain per movie, but don't don't like start like don't 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 give us like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin right away. Like sure. don't, do, don't do that. Can I play devil's advocate though? I mean, those movies are perfect examples of too many villains, but. 
as far as the comics go, yeah, like my all time favorite Batman stories are stories that involve a ton of villains. I it's literally Nightfall, I, oh, the I, Long I, Halloween, Hush. I don't know. No, I literally cool. said that last week. I literally last week said that the comics have been able to include all these villains. I think it's just fans freaking out about like how they're going to include these villains in a two hour movie. Well, no, you, my freak out, and I'm I'm absolutely with you. My favorites are like like you said, like Long Halloween, uh, Arkham Asylum. I love those, and they have every villain in it. But I, I guess it's we're so programmed that when the villains show up on these movies, they're not going to be in the next part. So it's like it's almost like you're programmed to think, okay, if you're, you're going to put the Joker in this one. He's got to be in the next one, or he's got to put the really like like you're afraid you're not going to see them again. If you tell me that Riddler's going to be in three of this guy's in, in, in the Batman's movies, I'm totally cool with it. I, in fact, I I'll like that even. But more. I don't want the spoilers either. You know what I mean? Well, no, 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 don't give me the spoilers, but yeah. don't end all their storylines where by part three of this trilogy, you're you're like digging at the bottom of the barrel. I think, I think Reeves would do that. I think like like his rogues gallery is so. Oh no, his rogues gallery is the best. Gallery. Well, hold on, the, the, let the, me get this. Hey, Spider Man, Willie. Let me get this thought out here. Like his rogues gallery is so deep, and it's like here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like his rogues gallery is so deep. One of my biggest problems, and Neil, you can disagree with me on this because I think you love these movies, but I I could be wrong. The Ant Man movies, like. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't give a fuck about those villains, man. <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck about Ant-Man's villains. I'm sorry. Like, the girl that played Ghost was fine. And I thought it was kind of like a, a cool storyline that happened in that second one. I, I I liked her a lot more than the fucking, the first Ant-Man villain. To be, that was it, Yellow Jacket or whatever the yeah. fuck. Yeah, Yellow Jacket. No, yeah. I actually do agree with you, Brian. I, 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 do lo- I do really like the movies, but... The villains themselves aren't the good parts of the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's beside with a few exceptions. Isn't that the MCU's one problem? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard because it's like Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. is so fucking good in that role. But like, even Iron Man's villains, like they were having like a hell of a time trying to figure out like how they're going to portray. The Mandarin in those movies to to the fact that they, mm-hmm. that we didn't even get the real Mandarin that 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 was an abortion of a freaking yeah. So I mean, it, you could do Doctor Strange, you can do the Mandarin, right? Right, and I think like I think like it, I, Doctor Strange, another excellent kind of thing to bring up. I think he has a pretty damn good rogues gallery, but like nobody knows them outside of comic readers, right? So. Yeah, I guess you can get kind yeah. of do like what you want to with them, but I don't care whether you're reading the comics or not. Like, I do not give a rat's ass about Ant Man's Rogues Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nope. no, no. The the only real the only real unlimiteds you have are Batman and Spider Man. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with you. Like those, those are your unlimited. I think, I think that, I think that you have writers that can take existing villains and make them awesome. Like if I'm talking about like Thor, I'm saying like, you know, Jason Aaron made Malekith pretty fucking badass for me. 
you know, and like, um, uh, God, his, his God bomb arc was fucking when he, when he, with Gore the God Butcher, you know, like there are writers that can take existing characters or create new characters and make awesome villains for some of these characters. But I don't think that there's a writer alive. You could, uh, Stephen King could not write a good villain for Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, the closest thing he has to a good villain are, are more Avengers yeah. core villains than like like Ant Man solo villains. Did, Ultron's the only one that comes to mind. Yes, did, correct. Did you see that uh, Stephen King came out with his essential horror movies for people to watch? No, no, I didn't. I'd love to see that list. Hold on, I actually have. Let me find the list here because I think it's pretty interesting. And like one, I. I was actually shocked that uh, some of the things that didn't show up on the list, but I guess like it's very limited list, like five, like five movies. Oh God, here I'll find it. Yeah, um, he listed The Exorcist as an essential movie, Dawn of the Dead, Alien, The Brood, and listen to this one, The Blair Witch Project. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's always been a big supporter of that movie. He, he really loved it when it came out. After watching, you know, I was uh, doing a rewatch of the of the John Carpenter's The Thing. I was surprised he didn't choose that. Does he have any beef with John Carpenter? Not that I knew of. Yeah, I was just surprised. Possibly. I was just surprised. I, I was also looking up some facts on that movie, and it was like, like that that uh, the score won a Razzie. Hmm. Oh, is it a Carpenter original? It's not Carpenter. Like, it's one oh, of the wow. two movies that Carpenter didn't score. Like, he's What's scored, the other one, do you know? I don't know, but like, I love, I think Carpenter's great. Yeah, I love that synthy, like, 80s yeah. sounding horror movie score. I, I like it a lot, too. Same here. Yeah. Fuck. I was, yeah, I was a little surprised that it won a Razzie. And like, I was, um, uh, the thing, and Blade Runner came out the same weekend, I guess, in the theaters. And they both did not get critical, like, acclaim. Like, they were not love, beloved movies when they first came out. It was like, they were those movies that kind of like, the fans embraced and, and now they've become like hits over the, over the years. Terminators, yeah, Terminators, another one a couple of years later. That's crazy. That's crazy yeah, to Terminator think about. Terminator was the, it was when it came out in video, it really picked up steam. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, no. this is wild to me. Yeah, that's wild to me. You're right. Uh, Terminator came out in '84, which was just two years later after uh, Blade Runner and, and the Thing. Yeah, nobody liked it. Or they, they, it bombed in the theater. That's it's, wild. It's video and it's it's got a following. It's huge. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, they're lucky they even got to make Terminator Two, which is one of the most iconic '90s movies of all time. Oh my god, that was. <laughs> That it, yeah, that it's my favorite movie of all time, and it, and 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 a lot of the reason is is because it's just the experience that I had in the movie theater, the fact that the, the young character that that was in that movie was around the same age as me when I watched it, and um, God, it just it just hit at the right time, and every time I watch it, I just I get something new out of it. I fuck fucking love it. It's an underdog story. 
Cause he's the old Terminator and he's going to come up against the new liquid, <laughs> the, the new, the, the new liquid now version. Making, now you're making everything rocky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, totally, it's totally true. I am a, Willie, I am a sucker for underdog stories. I really, even the underdog, the cartoon where the dog eats the pill. <laughs> <laughs> and turns into underdog. Hey, I used to like that cartoon. I love that cartoon. Don't get me wrong. Did anybody watch the new underdog movie? I never watched it. No, I never saw it. I, I didn't want to do that to my childhood. I skipped that shit. Yeah, me too. I totally skipped it as well. Oh my god, Jake. I was watching like the Scoob movie that we reviewed last week. And like, there's an Easter egg for, um, in the movie, there's an Easter egg. There's a, uh, a video game sitting on the wall behind some of the characters and it's a uh, laugh Olympians. It's not laugh Olympics. They call it laugh Olympians. And I was just like, why can't we just get laugh Olympics to come back in sub capacity? I love laugh Olympics when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. I loved any cartoon like that where it was like a mishmash of all these characters, like wacky races. With yeah. The same way. Yeah. Like, laugh Olympics. I, I loved that type of stuff. Me too. So much fun. Star Wars news. Are you guys ready for this shit? This is fucking nuts. I was kind of fucking... Okay, we talked about last week. Um, Timothy Oliphant has been cast in The Mandalorian. We've talked about the fact that uh, Tamira Morrison's going to be cast as Boba Fett. There's a leak, and I, 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 got, I took the article, article from darksideoftheforce.com. But the, it, the leak comes from Slash Film, revealing a nugget about Timothy Oliphant's character on The Mandalorian, and it's a big clue as to who he will portray. With the news Timothy Oliphant is joining The Mandalorian Season 2, there might be a little bit more info on his character. This character might also be someone Star Wars fans have met before, but only if you read the books. Slash Film brought the initial news about Oliphant and is now... And now also has the scoop. The simple version of this news is Oliphant's character will be wearing Boba Fett's armor. This may seem a little confusing because wasn't Tamira Morrison supposed to be joining the show as Boba Fett? While that may seem a bit contradictory of each other, there is a rather logical explanation if you have read the Star Wars books. Uh, in the Aftermath trilogy, those are the books that were written by Chuck Wendig, there's a brief uh, mention of a character, Cobb Vanth. He plays a sheriff of Freetown, which is on Tatooine. He just so happens to wear Mandalorian armor that he purchased from Jawas on Tatooine. The armor also was a bit ruined from corrosive acid. Oh, and so they ask the question, do Sarlaccs emit acid? There you go. <laughs> it says it's never explicitly said that the armor Vanth is wearing is Fett's iconic one, but it's hard not to think so. Jawas are scavengers, and to think they just happen to find a set of Mandalorian armor in the Tatooine Desert is just a little coincidental. If Boba Fett does appear and his armor just without him... It makes a lot of sense. Oliphant would be Vanth. This is, of course, as along as John Favreau and Dave Filoni are following what is written in canon, and the Aftermath series is fully part of the Disney Star Wars canon. 
Also, Oliphant is pretty good playing sheriff types. Perhaps, perhaps it is (laughs) typecasting a bit, but it all fits. So when we hear the sound of the spurs and that like transmission noise, um, in the Ming-Na Wen episode of The Mandalorian, that could be Boba Fett's armor making that spur noise and the transmission noise, but it might not be Boba Fett himself in the armor. It might be fucking uh, Timothy Oliphant taking on Mandalorian armor, and we might have ourselves our first version of Star Wars cultural appropriation going on, fellas. <laughs> I don't know if it's the first. I mean, the Nemodians and the Gungans oh, exist. shit, yeah. <laughs> Very great point, Jake. And also, I don't think that uh, fucking Boba Fett himself is not confirmed to be Mandalorian. Like, he's a clone. Right. So yeah, very very but, true. Very but true. The, I like that idea though, yeah. Because people are so dead set on that being Boba Fett from the Reddit post and the sounds and the dissection of the scene. That would be an interesting twist to have everyone still be right, but technically wrong. Well, and they're right, but they're wrong. It's like it's Boba Fett's armor, but it's not Boba Fett. But like Tamir Morrison showing up, confronting this guy and being like. Uh, that's mine. I want it back. Basically, at the end of the day, right? Right. Yeah. Oh my god! I can't wait. I cannot wait for season two. But like, then again, like I don't know. I think there are people that are ready for season two and want everything thrown at them. But then on the flip side, I do think that there are people that are just like, "This is Matt Reeves, the Batman, and you're giving me too much." And we're getting Ahsoka Tano, you know, we're getting Bo-Katan, we're getting all these characters, Boba Fett, we're getting all these characters thrown at us in the second season of The Mandalorian. I think there are people that are worried about the second season of The Mandalorian. Should we be worried? We still have the same... I'm worried. You're worried. You're worried. So we've got Dave Filoni, John Favreau back, the two guys at the helm that took care of this last season. They're back. We're getting another season. You're worried. I it I can't I mean it, I just I kinda spoke on it last week. I get it. I, I get it. Little, Go ahead. The charm of the show is kind of the simplicity of it. And yeah. I think the more you make it a Dave Filoni fest, that the more you kind of scare away the charm of the show in the first place. Neil, what are your thoughts, man? Are you worried? Are you are you legit worried? I am not. I I in Favreau I trust. Um I think that they may do what they did in the first season where that you just have these characters pop in and out and aren't part of the, like they're not um, a huge part of the show where it's just, they they're there for an episode or two, maybe even three, but overall it's just, it's still going to be focused on the Mandalorian and the child. My sister um, watched it for the first time. Never really. I don't even know if my sister's watched any other star Wars to be quite honest with you, but my sister watched <laughs> it and fucking loved it. And, like, my sister wasn't confused about Jawas. Could they, They're I mean, so iconic, though. But she wasn't, I, but she wasn't confused about them. I'm just saying, like, for somebody that's never seen it, like, when the Jawas show up, she kind of, like, they, the show is so good at kind of, like, 
showing you who these aliens are and what they do. And there was like, like for me, there's this recognition. Oh my God, it's the, it's, it's Jawas. You know, and I guess like, but there's also like, you know, the confusion for me, like, are we on Tatooine right now? And like, I guess later on, I, I think we found out that Jawas are not just on Tatooine. Like this was a different planet and this is yeah, not, but, yeah, like the, the planet with the mud horn is not necessarily Tatooine. These are different, these are different jobs. None of that went through my sister's mind and it didn't, it didn't bother her <laughs> one, it didn't bother her one bit. She just was like involved in the story and she dug it. Um, I, but can I, like Ahsoka be enjoyed on that kind of surface level? Can't, I mean, that's the question. That, that, that per, it's a perfect question. It's a perfect question. Do you have to have all of the experiences of this character pre-Mandalorian? Do you have to know about this character and every facet of like what this character has gone through before we get into the Mandalorian? Or can they just introduce Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano and organically throw her into this story to where all the other things, all the other storylines that she's gone through, you don't have to necessarily know that. Can she be thrown into a new situation that has nothing to do with anything else that she's gone into the, that she's gone through in the past? I mean, I'll be a good test case because I've only seen about half of the first season of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the other animated shows or anything, so I don't really know the character very well, so I'll be able to tell you firsthand if it works or not. Like, I think, like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting. I I think that they can throw this character, I think they can throw Ahsoka Tano into this show. There is a delicate way to handle this, Jake. Will they do it that way? I don't know. Like, I think there's a way to handle this to where like they can throw her in a completely new situation to where like everything else that we know about her, we don't have to necessarily, you know, have that knowledge, but they can also still stay true to the character and how the character would act and how the character would act, react in these situations. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. I don't think it's an undoable feat. I'm but I know, but I know, like, but I know, like, we know what Filoni's done in the past. Like he cannot. It, I feel like Filoni cannot like just inject other Star Wars into other Star Wars. Like we saw him do it with Rebels, and um, like just continuing Rebel, like Clone Wars storylines in Rebels. So, I mean, there it's worrisome a little bit. I get it, and that character is like his baby, kind of. So I just have. If those are episodes he's writing and directing, I just have a hard time believing he's not going to just cram too much gram in that shit. Um, when Disney bought Star Wars, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I have not gotten into the animated series, so I know that makes me not a huge fan, I guess. But you're a, I mean, fucking, you're a poser, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding, Willie. I'm totally my kidding. My dog's name is Princess Leia, so relax. But, but um, <laughs> No, but... Um, no, she really is actually. But um, the uh, my concern when Disney bought this whole thing and start and did their whole lineup, uh-huh. which I was excited about, was when they did the lineup of a Star Wars movie every fucking year. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I hated the weight when I was a kid. Sure. But there was something special about that. I mean, but, but here, I mean, I, I think we all kind of get that and understand where you're coming from there. But well, on the flip we, side, I, hold on. On the flip side, I think like as far as the one thing I think like all Star Wars fans can agree, most, I would say 90% of Star Wars fans can agree on. And then even people that aren't into Star Wars that just saw the memes and got caught up in the whirlwind of what is Baby Yoda, I think we could all agree that we really had nothing to worry about when it came to The Mandalorian. Nope, not at all. I mean, Mandalorian was amazing. What I don't want is... And I, th- I think Jake and Brian both kind of touched on it. Brian had a great... I, you know, I'm sorry, not Brian. Neil had a great idea when... You know, Neil's saying, have them come in and out of the episodes. Don't throw everything on on season two because the simplicity of The Mandalorian was so nice where you got that little character that just showed up in that Easter egg. Leave stuff for season three and four and five because everybody wants to see Boba Fett. Everybody does. To throw them in season two and have them be like a mainstay in season two, it kind of takes away a little bit of that magic of what's in the next episode. Everybody took everybody shit themselves when they saw the uh, ATST come out, and mm-hmm. it was like a zombie ATST that had like the slime on it with the red eyes. The shit was badass. You're like, oh my god, ATST! It's like it was so special because we were waiting for that to show up. Like I hope Mandalorian keeps that going. Do you remember when that when they showed up and the, they tried to get the Mudhorns egg? And they finally got the egg, and it was all furry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what joke I never got to make, and I wanted to make it so much? I wanted to call it a cad furry egg. <laughs> <laughs> I kept, like, oh, every man. week I kept wanting to bring that up and bring it up like, oh, it's a, it's a cad furry egg. And I never got to bring it up, so I just wanted to throw it out there right now when it wasn't timely and probably not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still good. Thank you. Thank you. God, I've, I've been, Jake, I've been holding on to that one since fucking October, bro. That's a good one. I like it. They Thank should you. sell those. Chad furry eggs. Yeah. Little fucking, <laughs> little furry eggs. Oh God. I love, I love the Mandalorian. I, you know what? There, I guess there always is the chance that the second season won't be good. There, there's the chance, and and that's scary because, like, you know, like going into Age of Ultron, I thought there's no way that this movie's not going to be as amazing as Avengers, and then it it just honestly, I don't know, it just wasn't. I don't care if it was recently trending on Twitter. I don't care. I don't care that all these people came out with their love for it. I, I wasn't one of those people, but I didn't get on Twitter and say that they were wrong. I just let them have their fucking day and said that they loved Age of Ultron. And, you know, that's fine. I want, if people love it, they love it. But like, god damn it, don't fuck up the second season of Mandalorian. I want the Mandalorian season two to be amazing. So it's like, I don't know, are our worries premature? Or are we just so, are we just holding on to something so sacred? Cause that first season was magical. Like, and I want, I want to feel that again. But like, how many times do you get that feeling again? You know what I mean? I don't it's know. Not it's, it's not, not it's not. not. I don't think they're going to fuck up season two. I think season two is going to be fantastic no matter what. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can say. I don't, it's well, going to be no, so hard no, at the end. It's going to be so hard at the end of the day to live up to season one. It really no. is. And they, they, we've got. I know we've got Robert Rodriguez coming in there directing episodes. They've got fucking uh, oh, Peyton Reed whoop the fucking shit. The Ant Man guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I wonder who the villain's going to be for that fucking episode. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm. It, we'll see. We'll see. I just it's. 
Willie, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, it's I, I hard do. to, it's hard to get lightning in a bottle. Uh, like, how do you, how do you fucking, like, that first episode when it's, it's well, a, it's a it's, little baby Yoda. And then like, I don't know, how do you recapture this? How do you, how do you make season two so fucking amazing? It feels like, it feels like they're just pulling, it feels, Jake, I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards you, man. Like they're just pulling from the past. Like, like, uh, here's, here's Ahsoka Tano. People like her. Yeah, I think the Boba Fett stuff's going to be hot and heavy this season, or at least a lot more compared to last season. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's always hard to recapture that much magic. Like, I hope season two is even better than the first season. And if that's the case, then I won't even be worried about season three. But, mm. oof, you know? Well, I think I think that's the problem. I'm not worried about season two being good. My concern is, it, you know what? Perfect example. I love John Wick 1. I, I One of the best action movies of the decade. The simplicity, the beauty... Part two went nuts and it was fun. It was great. But with the escalation of throwing all that shit in and leaving the simplicity behind and throwing all the kitchen sink in and all, all the Boba Fett and this person and that person. Now, part three has no choice but but to be a video game. And that's what worries me with Mandalorian is part two is going to be exciting no matter what, because you're throwing too much shit in there. But is it going to make part three just escalation? Are you going to lose the magic, the simplicity of Mandalorian season one? Like you can never go back to John Wick one. You can't. Part four is going to be fucking Street Fighter. I think I think you should just kill another dog. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, no, it wouldn't. But you know what I mean. I know. No, it's. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Know. I'm, I'm a sucker. For, I'm a sucker for the John Wick movies too. Oh my god! I just I love I mean, that. For me, it gives me it gives me Stranger Things flashbacks. Yeah, like that, yeah. it kind of makes me gun shy. I mean, that's another yeah. thing that you know, teach their own. But like season one was like one of my favorite things it to was. ever exist, and then ugh, I was just so let down by the next season, and I, I worried that it may be the same kind of feeling with Mandalorian. I hope not, man, because like this is like this is like right now the Mandalorian is like what's keeping Star Wars, you know, fucking going because like as far as like the movies are concerned i'm looking forward to seeing like what taika watiti does with his movie but like anything else like unless ryan johnson does something else i i really don't i really don't care to see another star wars movie in the theater for a long time just give it to me all on disney plus to be quite honest with you yeah, if it's all going to be the caliber of what we've seen from Mandalorian season one, then I, I have to agree. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like a lot of that, just a lot of it's John Favreau. So a lot of it's John Favreau. I'll and I'll give Dave Filoni a lot of credit, but like, are they giving him too much control when he's introducing? I don't know. We'll see. I I love Rosario Dawson. To see her as Ahsoka Tana, it, like, I'm not gonna deny, I'm not gonna deny people and say that it's not cool. Cause it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It is cool. <laughs> Cause it is, like, I can't sit here and be like, oh, you know, it's not cool. It is kind of cool. It's Ahsoka Tano played by Rosario Dawson. That's kind of cool, right? That's kind of that's kind of fucking cool. No, the casting is amazing. Yeah, like, Tupperware the casting. I know. I, I think it'll be really cool. But, but I don't I, want it to. I don't want it to be at the detriment of the show, right? 
Yeah, it's not a character I imagine needed to be in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the ties to Sabine Wren and the rumors that Sabine Wren might end up showing up in The Mandalorian. Maybe not season two, but maybe season three. But, like, that's just another character that we've already been introduced to in another series that other people don't have any exposure to. You know, those those casual fans that didn't watch Rebels, they don't know who the fuck Sabine Wren is. So it'll be one of the – it's a delicate balance, man. It's a delicate balance introducing, like, these established characters that we've seen in other forms of Star Wars – whether they be comic books or the aftermath books, like with Cobb Vanth, whether and I mean that was nothing. Like they they barely touched that character in, in in the book. So you can do a lot if they are going to introduce. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole different that's a whole different works. thing. Yeah, but like Ahsoka Tano and Sabine Wren, like these are these. I mean, these are characters that we've had for 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 a while now. That I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Still looking forward to the second season. Of the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah! I can't wait to see oh, it. God, I would kill. I would kill. What would you do? What would you do to watch the second season right now? What would I do? Yeah, what would you? I do? would like, cut like, off my right pinky finger. Are you fucking serious? Up to the tip, maybe to the first knuckle. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, shit. Neil, what would you do? Uh, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I would wait in line for a couple hours. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, oh my god! <laughs> I yeah. like the I like the build up. I would watch Big Flower Fight party on You'd have Netflix. a great time doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> All right, guys. That's oh, I like that. <laughs> I didn't think of using that platform to hate on things. I'm jealous. <laughs> I know. I, I just got so angry at Neil's waiting in line answer that I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck that unimaginative answer of his. I'm going to fucking destroy something he loves. <laughs> For just a couple hours, too. It, it almost felt like an insult to the Mandalorian season two. It totally did. It totally did. Well, I'm just not like super crazy about getting it right now. I don't, I have other stuff that I'm do- doing and I don't need it right now. Oh, God. Okay, Neil, make it worse. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. God. It's, what I do, I'll make it worse. It's like, I, I already get it. You stepped in shit. Now why are you fucking putting it in my face and making me smell it? I get it, dude. <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to... Hey, this that's our, that's our fucking episode. I hope you... I Yeah, thanks for waiting in line for a couple of hours and listening to this shit. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> Jake. What? Are, this is three thirty-four. We're going to be back next week with three thirty-five. What are we talking about next week? I don't even fucking know what's coming out between today and next week. What the fuck? Why is my phone all wet? I think it's sweat. Am I sweating all over my phone? It was in my pocket. Let's hold it wet. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it's calm. It's fucking calm. I was, I'm ta- talking to you guys, and you turned me on so much talking about how the Mandalorian season two might be worrisome, and I came my pants. 
I came. I, it, I was rubbing one off to fucking Rosario Dawson where you guys were talking about her. It's fine. Oh, my God. I came all over my fucking phone. Thank God I got this Otterbox case for all this <laughs> jizz that's all over my phone because of the hot Star Wars talk we had. <laughs> Just peel that case off and throw it straight into the garbage to get a new one. Oh, oh no, my. the back of the the back of the case, the box, it says that cum is one of the things that it, it keeps away from. My so phone is just soaked in protein. Just soaked in fucking cum stains. Anyway, I don't I don't know what we're talking I'm resetting my phone. I got all my notes are on. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck we're talking about next week. We'll be talking about some other shit. But uh hey Willie, thank uh yeah. thank you for joining us. Where can people find you, man? Um, my YouTube, uh, Willie, W-I-L-L-Y, space, L-E, space, S-A-N-T-E, Lasante. And uh, it, that's the last name. I know it's complicated, but what do you, what can you do? Lissante. Guys, I can love you, man. You guys Thank have been you. awesome. Thank you. Thanks, I Willie. appreciate that, man. So people can, they can, uh, they, they can subscribe to you there on, uh, yeah, on please, YouTube. Yeah, Absolutely. Subscribe to Willie. Subscribe. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Lady, subscribe to Willie. <laughs> I knew where you're going with that one. But you know, not all the la- not all the ladies subscribe to Willie. You know what I mean, Neil? Mm-hmm. Some of them don't, man. Some of them yeah. don't, and I yeah, and that's hot too. <laughs> it's it's all good. It's all good. It's all that's good. Awesome. Uh, it's all good. Neil, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. I fucking love having you on, Neil. I worry about you, man. I worry <laughs> about you. Fine. Are you? If you yeah. were, if you weren't doing fine, would you reach out to me or reach out to someone? Oh yeah, for sure. All right, you better, you son of a bitch. We we fucking love you. You're like an army mainstay. We fucking love you here, dude. I love you guys too. I'm actually going to talk with Paul on movies from the heart tomorrow, so I'm Good pretty excited. About that what are you guys too. talking about? Would get, tease us. We're going to talk about La Cité des Enfants Perdus, uh, The City of Lost Children, starring Ron Perlman. It's a French movie, and it's very surreal and amazing. I thought you said Gerard Depardieu. No. <laughs> I was like, you're going to talk, <laughs> talk about that big-nosed French actor? I still have no idea what the fuck you guys are going to talk about. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking nutty ass movie. I love it. Uh, I've loved it for almost twenty years now. Should I listen to you guys talk about it on movies from the heart first, and then watch it, or should I just watch the movie and then listen to your review? Um, I'd watch the movie cold personally. It's because it's just it's so fucking bonkers that it, it it's probably better not to really know what's going on going into it. Say say it again in that really fucking. <laughs> no, say the French uh, title. Yeah, say it again in that pretentious way that you said it the first time. <laughs> La Cité des Enfants Perdus. Oh, Jesus Christ, Jake. Where the do we City get? of Lost Children. Where do we get these people? <laughs> I know. The second time you said it, I almost just hung up on it. <laughs> just, it sounds. It just sounds like a movie for pretentious fucks, doesn't it? I had to bat my thumb away from my phone to stop from hanging up. <laughs> oh my god! Now he's going to start talking about what IPA he's drinking. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he already did before we started the show. It's true. It's not an IPA. Uh, no. No. no uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back next week with episode three thirty-five. 
And just like all good leftover saying the doggy backs, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftover. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, and with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.